Weren't you a blonde when I came in? Could be. I tend to notice little things like that, whether a girl is a blonde or a brunette. And which do you prefer? Oh, providing the collars and cuffs match. We'll talk about that later. Let me have your glass. Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country you from? What? 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 ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, the podcast where each week one of us will introduce the others to a film they have not seen in order to expand our cinematic horizons. I'm your host, John, a.k.a. Kinetic Onslaught, and today we will be discussing my pick, which is 1971 Diamonds Are Forever. It's uh, one of my favorite Bonds. I got my boys here with me today, huh? A little uh, Hydra Berg. Say what's up, Berg. Hey, what's up, Berg? You, there he is. <laughs> and, of course, our resident uh, cinematic archaeologist, Rob. What's going on, everybody? Good to see you, boys. Yeah, fucking A. Oh, yeah. What are you, you guys been up to? hit those How's trails been, again? Huh? Yeah, picking up those trails again. You know, we're on the, ba- we're on the dusty trail talking about film. Man, things are good, man. Life is good. Uh, you know, as of this recording, it's it's my birthday week. So, you know, oh yeah, happy birthday, man! Celebrated yeah. thirty-seven years. Oh my god, I'm getting old. Yeah, uh, you are. But uh, yeah, just it's been great. Just been watching some movies, uh, working on stuff for the podcast. Been great, man. Sweet. Well, hey, happy okay. birthday, Big Pimpin. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, happy birthday, man. And I can't think of what better way to celebrate my birthday than talking about this awesome James Bond movie. Yeah, hey, I'm going to agree with you. This is my pick. Uh, I picked this because uh, I got into Bond. uh, I saw from basically Pierce Brosnan on in the theater. I think I've touched on this previously on on our podcast where uh, my dad had a friend who was just like a, a hardcore movie guy like he uh the theater right he was he was always trying to get there like that was he went all the time and uh, he usually went alone and it was a guy that my dad worked with and then uh we started going because i i love going to the movies and he was like well fuck yeah I'll, i'll pay for you you know uh we'll go and so he was a james bond guy and after i caught that first one it was just like i me and him went to every release after that up until uh obviously before Daniel Craig, right? Uh, So I saw all four of those ones in the theater with him, and it was just something that just pulled me in. I don't know why specifically. It just, it was was the action, the, the, you know, the quippy lines, the the women. It's just, it's just a fucking good series. Yeah. So uh, I I was going to say this a little bit to the end, but like you're talking about, you started with Brosnan Bond films. Like what was the first one that you saw of, of, of his? Like what was it? Goldeneye or. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was. A, yep. In the theater. Yep. That was the oh, first Goldeneye. one. Okay. See, I, I came in like one after that. I started with uh, tomorrow never dies, which I think is still, that movie still holds up a lot. It's really good. I said, Brosnan films aren't that bad. The Goldeneye's really good though. 
Brosnan yeah. mixes a uh, he really is a mixture of Connery and Roger Moore in like, a little Timothy of, like, Dalton in there. Little Timothy Dalton in there. Yeah. Uh, so Timothy I grew Dalton's up the first Bond films I've ever seen in the theater were the Timothy Dalton films. My dad took me and my brother to see those in theater. That's right. I still have yet to see the Timothy Dalton Bond. Those films. are good. I like them, man. There's some great Living Daylights and uh, good action, man. Living Daylights um, is awesome. Yeah, Living Daylights and License to Kill or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, I like those. I think they're good additions to the Bond um, films. Um, Goldeneye, I believe we've all played the game Obviously. You know, yes, obsessively we when we were younger. I mean, that just made Bond like a household name for so many kids. Totally. That maybe wouldn't have got into Bond as much without the game. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. Yeah. Uh but once uh once so I'd saw the I'd seen them all right so they're fresh they're fresh in my uh memory and then uh, I started uh, working uh at a storage place right so I was supposed to go in and clean out these storage units and make sure everything's locked up take care of that well uh, occasionally people would lose their keys to their units or something like this right and I would have to come and cut the lock well there was a fee whenever that would happen so if it was just a simple bolt cutters, bong cut it off, it was 20 bucks. But if they had like the crazy lock that you had to get like the disc grinder out and like mm. cut cut through the lock and then but with that way, well, that was a $45 fee. Uh, I would go to work hoping that this would happen because I would head to Best Buy after after my shift, right? And then go look at these whatever game. And they had these, they were, it was a collection of four four volumes and it was five bonds in each volume. This was before the other uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig stuff had come out. So it was the whole collection if you got all four volumes. Well, I guess they had had them for so long, they had been sitting on them, that they were on sale for 25 bucks. So I was Fuck like, yeah. man, I just need to cut two locks, and I can go pick up <laughs> two volumes, right? So I'd done the math, and I'm sitting there just praying people show up needing locks cut. And within <laughs> a week... It it happened. It worked out where I I cut enough to go and get the whole volume, uh, each every volume. So I started going back and catching up on all of them. Uh, started at the beginning, right? Doctor No, move forward from there, watching them sequential order. And I just Sean Connery is uh, with the old guy uh, with the old guard, right? To me, it's Sean Connery free. Roger Moore. This might be a hot take. I surprise you guys. Roger Moore is fucking trash. Shut it down, guys. We're shutting it down. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have. I don't really have any stake in the game. I I I can get behind that. I don't. I don't know the Roger Moore films all that well, but I know enough that I could probably. I don't know. He never really excited me whenever he was on screen. Yeah, even like Live and Let Die. Like, oh, see, I like Live and Let Die is his best. Is his best, and even that one is just stomachable for me. Mm. So hot takes. Interesting. Okay, I was. You know, I was. Uh, well, because I I was gonna want to touch that on the end. Like we'll we'll talk about you know about some of our like favorite Bond and favorite Bond moments, stuff like that. We'll we'll kind of go around and talk about that. But uh, when it comes to Diamonds Are Forever, because I think the the story behind this film is actually super interesting. Um, you found uh, some bo- you found some bones. I did. I found a lot of bones on this yeah. one. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to dig through here. Yeah, let's let's dig. Uh, so. Obviously, the producers were in a huge bind after George Lazenby left the project after only doing one movie. He was signed on to do seven. He did one, and he just kind of took the fuck off. Uh, I, I, to be honest, it's 
that guy, uh, Lazenby's agent is the one that told him to do that, which is nuts. And it's like, yeah. cause what, uh, that's the only film that Lazenby is known for. And I was, was going to say, did he film. ever work again after that? He did, but he was never like, even if like you never had another like good project after the bond series. Cause I, you could argue that like Sean Connery doesn't really have all that many more iconic roles after the, after the bond series, a few, but not very many. Um, uh, excuse me. League of extraordinary gentlemen. I was, I was just <laughs> I'm, thinking... actually, I'm actually going to be covering that very soon. Oh on, God. Why would you want to do that? Uh, the words right out of my mouth, Berg. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lazenby could have been known as, like maybe he wouldn't have been like my favorite Bond. I because uh, I actually I don't like that movie very much. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan. But uh, oh, we'll have to cover it here. We'll talk about it because it's no, a very yeah. interesting story too. So they they were kind of in a bind. We need we need a new Bond, and they're like, oh, I we don't want to beg Sean Connery to come back because he's gonna cost us a lot of money. Roger Moore, which was kind of be kind of, they were kind of looking at him. He was caught up on other projects, couldn't get him. And, and because they were going to be adapting Diamonds Are Forever, which is focused mainly in Las Vegas, it's based off of one of the Ian Fleming novels. So they were actually looking at American actors to play Bond, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Get this list of who they were looking at to play James Bond. This is, this is nuts. They had uh, Clint Eastwood. Burt Reynolds, Robert <laughs> Wagner, uh, Brett Halsey, who I don't know, uh, Malcolm Roberts, who I mm. don't know. They were going to have uh, Randall Fiennes, uh, who is a uh, uh, relative of uh, Ray Fiennes, who ends up playing M later on in the mm. in the series. Uh, they were looking at Adam West. What is wow. get the fuck out of here? Yeah, I'm serious. And you're wearing. It's funny because uh, obviously this is a visual or uh, audio thing. Uh, John is wearing a Batman uh, beanie right now, so yes. <laughs> very. Fitting. Imagine, imagine in seven, like imagine Adam West as Bond and Batman, like in two properties, yes, the same time frame. But uh, the the one that was actually closest, and they actually had they already had signed him, and he was going to be Bond, was a guy by the name of John Gavin. And if you're a fan of the movie Psycho. John Gavin is the uh, boyfriend to Janet Leigh's character who they're having sex at the beginning of the film. And like, obviously he and uh, her sister go on the search for what happened to Janet Leigh's character. Uh, and he, he, he was going to be James Bond, but the uh, producer, uh, uh, Albert Broccoli, he's like, I'm, I'm not liking it. What is it going to cost us to get Sean Connery back? And they essentially got down on their knees and gave him nearly two million dollars to have him come back to play bond which was and uh to their credit uh eastwood robert wagner and uh oh no and uh burt reynolds said james bond is should never ever be played by an american actor mm. and it, thank god that that happened because now it's we have english actors that play bond and that's the way it should be yeah um so, yeah, so uh, they begged Connery back. They gave him whatever price that he wanted to have for the role. Uh, Connery used that money to uh, fund his... He had a, a, a trust that he would... Uh, for people in Scotland who were wanting to get into the arts who didn't really have the money. 
And so all the money that he, all the proceeds that he got from doing this film, he just put that into that trust to help uh, actors and artists in Scot- Scotland to get their thing, get uh, get started. That's dope. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other, the other part of that deal was like they had, uh, <clears throat> United Artists had to fund some film projects that he wanted to do. Uh, so he got a two picture deal out of it. Only one of them got made, and that was a movie called The Offense, uh, which is kind of an interesting cop drama. I, I started watching it; it's it's pretty cool. But hmm. uh, so it you know it kind of worked out for Sean Connery in, in the end, and uh, I think the the movie turns out better, and I think the franchise as a whole turned out better because they they kind of did not go with the American. Actor. Yeah, that would have been a major mistake. Yeah, step back in the series. That's for sure. Yeah, and but, it could have yeah, yeah it like, could have really hurt the series. Yeah, maybe we don't have Bond going into the future. Absolutely know, not. With that decision. So, yeah, that, like I said, that's pretty much all I have as far as the pre-production goes. I mean, we uh, they also, the other thing, too, that they did was they brought back a director, Guy Hamilton. He had directed the most successful Bond film up to that point, which was Goldfinger. And yeah. he and Goldfinger's he, dope. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, it also oh, it's funny because the theme song is sung by the same person who did the Goldfinger theme. Hmm. So it's kind of kind of a funny little connection there. But he also went on to do two of the probably more successful Roger Moore uh, Bond films, too, because he did Live and Let Die and The Man with the Golden Gun. So that's all. Like I said, that's all the pre-production I have. So we can just dive into the film. We'll talk about some of the actors. John, you want to hit us with that synopsis? Berg, it would be my honor and privilege. All right. <clears throat> Spoiler alerts. We're going to be. Oh, yeah. We're going to spoil this. Film. About Diamonds Are Forever. A diamond smuggling investigation leads James Bond to Las Vegas, where he uncovers evil plot involving a rich business tycoon. So that's the synopsis of the film. We get a wonderful opening. Love Bond it. walking around, beating the dog shit out of people as he does. You know how it goes. Smacking folks around, slamming them around, looking for Blofeld. <laughs> I like uh, how he's off screen in those. Yeah, you like, don't see him. You can see his hand and you hear the voice. He's like throwing yeah. people around. It's like jump cuts. Yeah. There's that one dude who's playing poker. He's like, hit me. And then all of a sudden yeah. you see Connor's <laughs> hands come from off screen like, <laughs> and punch him. Yeah. Dude. And then the, the guy before that, I, I really like the guy before that because uh, whatever that shot was, it's not a very, th- th- this film has a lot of, it feels like cheesy effects. I don't know if a cheesy yeah. is the right word, but just a little. Uh, there is a level of cheese to yeah we're moving into the more era that's why like we you know now it's a little bit more we're having fun with our our project and and that's fine i do i do like is it though I, uh it's one of my critiques for sure yeah of this film yeah it's like i said it i i lo- i do like a little bit more of a serious spy so movie do I, yeah and yeah this is like this is a this rides the fence to me yes it does it rides it perfectly like it i don't knock the film for it but it's like it's right at that threshold it's close yeah. to being like man this is a little too much which is a probably a big reason why i don't like any of the roger moore shit it's just it's because it feels like they go too far on the other this side movie intensified uh-huh. it's like every roger Moore, every roger moore movie the level is like it yeah. just steps it up, and it's just, I just I'm not, so, I'm not like right. those men. They, those men lead um, Bond to like a woman who has the information he needs, right? And yeah. this is one scene that kind of caught me. He comes down and he introduces himself, and he's got all his swag when he's walking down, and she's sunbathing, and she says like, "Is there anything I can do for you?" And he goes to which he says, 
I need you to get something off your chest. As he undoes her bikini top, she doesn't even flinch when this is happening, and quickly strangles her with it while asking yeah. for information where of Blowfield's whereabouts. You get a it's, nice nip slip there too. Yeah, you do, and it's it's like a crazy scene. Bond's swag is kind of crazy, and it's just it's a little problematic, but still a cool scene. Like, and <laughs> well, I can't and we tell get whether she's scared or turned on. Yeah, definitely uh, one of the know. crazier openers I've ever seen in a Bond film. Oh, for sure. We get that. I, I like what you're talking about because we start with the guy sliding him around. We get to the other guy, beats him up. Ask Marie. Go talk to Marie. Pop them tits out. Give you a little <laughs> strangle. Uh, she gives up. She gives up Blofeld. She uh, calls him daddy. Yep. And we see that Blofeld is he's trying to figure out a way to he's taking other people and he's through some kind of surgery or reconstruction things. He's making uh, duplicates of himself. Not mm. these are not clones. These are you know people who have gone through some type of plastic surgery or other reconstructions, so that they are essentially the same. Doubles, copy. double bubble, double uh, bubble. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, so uh, that like area that they're at with like you know you see like the weird like, it's like mud- his compound. Yeah, that like compound with like the weird mud pits. You want to know what that mud is made out of? I would those love are, to. Those are <laughs> potatoes. Really? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. with and some gravy stirred in. Yeah, yeah it must be gravy master. But they had been like, because yeah, they obviously were filming this scene over the course of a couple days, mm-hmm. and after like twenty, uh, you know, it, the first part was like, ah, oh, no problem, whatever. After twenty four hours of like that mashed potato gruel just sitting there, they said it stunk to high heaven. It was yeah. one of the most disgusting things. That and they on the sixth been- day, they had extra mashed potatoes at craft services. That's right. Yeah. That <laughs> nobody could figure out where it came from. It's like, oh, it, it just, I was like, I, and after I heard everyone kind of talking about that, I was like, I could just imagine that smell. just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bond infiltrates this place, though. He pretends to be one of the, like, the doctors or nurses, like the surgeons. And yeah. uh, Blowfield's prepared for him, though. Like, we see the yep. gun, the pistol raises out of the mud bath that he's in. But then we find out that it's not, um, well, not one yeah, it's the... not Blofeld, but that scene's kind of... It's, this is where the cheese starts rolling in, because Bond does the cheesiest roll to get out of the way, right? Yeah. He rolls towards the fucking the tub, hits, a, like, a lever, and dumps more more mud on top of Blofeld. Who, well, you think it's Blofeld at that moment. And he's outside the tub almost. Like, all he had to do was just lean over and just shoot Bond in the back, because then Bond just lays down next to the tub. And it's just sort of the yeah. way it plays out. I'm just like, okay. And it all just like falls on his head. It's very comical. Yeah, absolutely. I I was even going to touch on the fact that we get some of the, you know, even some of the Austin Powers jokes and plays on 007 are like very apparent in this film. Because even the exact scene we're talking about, he tells the two guys to go search him, right? He he Mm -hmm. comes in, stick him up. And all I could think about is that is uh, is Austin Powers' dad, right? Talking about like, don't you guys know how this works? You're going to attack me one at a time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to chop you down. You don't even got a name tag. You don't stand a chance. Like, just stop. <laughs> so it's like in, in this scene, like that's almost verbatim what happens. Right. Like, it's hilarious. He's sitting there, stick him up. And then he's like, throw us the gun. And he goes to reach into his his uh, dude. Jacket. And he's got a fucking mousetrap in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He's got the fucking dude. snatchums in there. Talk about a pocket protector. Yep. But dude, that just makes your pocket useless. Like, what are the chance you got to walk around all sensitive, like because that thing yeah, might go so off, or like just in case dude, somebody tries to no, stick their hand in there. My theory is like because he went to reach into his jacket, he's like, uh uh no, Mister. I think he was activating it. 
Yeah, oh. I don't know. It's it's so random. Just he pulls this in his hands like ah. And yeah. He's got this, like, and then he grabs the the throwing knives or the the fucking scalpel cutters scalpels, and throws yeah, them and at the other them. guy. And um, yeah, it's, so, a, it's a great opening scene. Yeah. So uh, this uh, version of Ernst Stavro Blofeld is played by an actor named Charles Gray, and it, obviously, if you're a Bond fan, you know that he had. And uh, they only lived twice. He was one of uh, Bond's friends in that movie. Um, he, oh, he was introduced uh, before this film. Yeah, he actually played yeah. as uh, M. Mm. Uh, no, he did. He did not. He was a. He was a. He was another character that was helping Bond along his journey. And uh, they and they only lived twice. Now, Heidelberg, you'll recognize this character just because you just reviewed uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He is the criminologist. Oh yeah, he is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He is the voice. Yeah, Bernard Lee is uh, is has been was M pretty much throughout the uh, the the first mini Bond film. Maybe he maybe he did play one later, and I just I'm not thinking about it. But I didn't yeah, see. Where, I I, I could have swore there was one. Yeah, so Bond uh, ends up getting Blofeld, right? He fucking straps him to that yeah cart and throws him in. Straps him on a gurney, throws him into some, and then we dive pit. into our freaking awesome intro. It is an awesome. I this is this is one of the Bond theme songs that's like it just sticks in your head. It's it's really catchy. Yeah. Well, and after the you know Kanye took it and fucking uh-huh. it, and then it became more. It's a good song for Kanye to well, have done. There's that a really there's good. a Kanye version of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, Rob. What? Rob's still Rob's still watching stuff from like 1962, so he has no idea that like <laughs> Kanye made a song out of this song out of this i would want to listen to that that sounds Dude, it's, awesome he, one of his biggest hits you've yeah. never where were you in like 2005 or whatever wherever it was whatever. everywhere I, I was still watching stuff from the 30s in 2005 Holy shit. <laughs> man that's a uh, no i i had no idea like um yeah but this is like i said this is one of the great bond songs one if of you the- guys haven't uh, i know this is audio only so if you guys haven't noticed rob's really white so I just want you guys yeah. to know that's you can tell by his tone. You can excuse I, I him listened. for not realizing that Kanye dropped. Uh, hey guys, forever. I'm a cinematic archaeologist. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, uh, you guys want to go uh, dig up some dinosaur bones? About... Uh... No, I know who Kanye West is. I have listened to Kanye's songs. I just did not know that he had done a version of Diamonds Are Forever, which I am going yeah. to look out look at as soon as we are done with this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You should. It's a banger. Oh, um, all Bond clips are all, all Bond intros uh, have always been naked women, right? Shaking it up. Uh, of course. Yeah, there's Dr. like innuendos. No you know, in the, it's like in silhouettes, so you can't really see, right? But you can, you know, there's, there's, they're always tantalizing always the themes. Yeah. Yeah. The... So I'll ask it. You know, I, I was going to say this till the end, but let's talk it since we're talking about it. Uh, what are your favorite Bond themes? Sam Smith, and it's not even close. Sam Smith is one. Which one was that? That was Spectre? Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty good really? one. Really? Oh yeah. wow! I liked a lot of the modern ones. Actually, the Craig ones had some of the best, in my opinion. Yeah. I love Steve Corn. I mean, uh, Chris Cornell's. Yep, um, that's that's probably my Casino second Royale. favorite one, Casino yeah. Royale. Yep. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't hate Alicia Keys and Jack White's, but uh, I know it's not. It's like the least favorite. I thought. Yeah. I thought what's her name's from um the newest Skyfall. one. Yeah, yep. I thought Billie Eilish's wasn't bad. I I thought that oh, Billie Eilish's song. Design. Yeah. I mean, and obviously Skyfall is like, come on. I mean, that yeah, one Skyfall, everybody yeah. loves. I maybe uh, what what do the kids say? Uh, that I'm a basic bitch. You know, I, yeah. I do like the original Doctor No theme. Confirmation. Yep. Just because you get you get the classic Bond theme, which is like totally. one of my favorites. I love it. 
I honestly thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go full blown. Oh, I'm a Beatles "Live and Let Die" guy, and I was gonna. I, now I do it. like the "Live and Let Die" theme. I'm not. I know you But that that song just gets me. It's cool. Yeah, I get um, it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, this one is really good. I like the "Diamonds Are Forever" theme. It, yep. it, Goldfinger is also freaking awesome. Yep. Um, and then like when it comes to like the new stuff. Uh, Goldeneye is really fun. Goldeneye is a good I, one. I do, I do love the Tomorrow Never Dies uh, thing, That's and then uh, Skyfall just it, it rocks my ass. It's so. I yeah. like, uh, I like Snake Eater. Snake yeah. Eater. Yeah, from Metal Gear Three. <laughs> it, feel, it feels <laughs> Bond theme. Oh, it's yeah. totally supposed to be a Bond um, yeah. intro. That's why it starts in the game, like two hours into the game. It's supposed to be kind of like the the late intro in Bond movie. Yeah, we were we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is a a lot of that game has a lot of Bond inspiration. So it's absolutely, kinda, yeah. that's awesome. But um, so we also get after that's all done, we get M and Bond together for a moment mm-hmm. when they're talking about the case, the next case. And I just like that um, they're talking about Blofeld being dead, and M seems to like he wants Connery, uh, not Connery, uh, Bond to like he needs him back back to work. Like it seems right. like this. This thing where he was going at the Blowfield was a personal thing. Like he was chasing him, and they were a lot like allowing him because they mentioned like he was on holiday or something, as if like this was a side project. Taking right, out. like some kind of secret mission. Or yeah, something. and then yeah. now they're like, now that you're done with that, we need you back on like this other pressing matter. Um, and you see that there's like this professional tension between M and uh, Bond that plays out through this film. We get more of it later. There, there always is. Yeah, yeah like M doesn't love this guy at all. He doesn't. Bond, but... Bond is a rebel. And right. especially, and he's especially good at what now, he does. We're we're diving into the seventies. You know, we we just talked about this. You know, giant counterculture and mm-hmm. uh, vanishing point. Well, you know, Bond is kind of a counterculture character. He doesn't that he doesn't uh, he ruffles the feathers of those who are above him. Obviously, we really get that in the Craig era. Uh, but uh, he plays yeah, by that, his own that, rules. Yeah, that version of uh, M played by Bernard Lee. He was he was M from the very beginning, from Doctor No up until Moon. I like so him. He played that act. Yeah, he was. He played in that role for seventeen years. I mean, that's that's quite a run. Outside, like I think, like Judy Q. Dench also had a similar type of run. But man, it's yeah. Q when you for a right, long time. Q Q yeah. Q who had Q is like Same. yeah. Well, I I, I I I our 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 uh, characters that kind of are with in MI six. You have that Bernard Lee is M. He played that role forever. Desmond Lewin as Q. He played that from from Russia to Love until the world is not enough. That's a huge fucking. That's run. a fucking run, bro. And then Lois Maxwell, who was Money Penny from the very beginning yeah. up until uh, A View to Kill. So she was uh, another one. Yeah. Although in this one, uh, we'll maybe we'll we'll touch on this again. But like, yeah, her her scene is a little tacked on, and I'll tell. Why yeah, feels it when we get to her. Yeah, feels tacked on. Actually, it's in my notes. And I'll, I'll tell you why um, we get that glimpse into like how the diamond trade works here in this movie, too. We see the people smuggling them out of the caves. Well, the- I love that before we get into that real quick. I love that because like you're talking about, they have that back and forth. Right. And uh, the the character tells him like, oh, we have this drink. You know, we have this. Uh, what was the drink? But he tells him, and he's oh, like, sher- "It was a sherry. Uh, sherry, that's a, what it is. A sherry right. is like a, is, is is a type of wine. It's like a fortified yeah. wine. Yeah. And he tells him the year he drinks it, and then he's like, Bond M's kind of like, you know, you know, he's irritated with him at this point. And he's like, there's no fucking year for sherry, and he's like, you're right. I was referring to the barrels that it was aged in, mm. 1861. 
Honestly. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, there, fucking... well, it's good to know that there's something you're not an expert in, Bond. You yeah. Know. And he yeah, like, rolls his it, eyes. Yeah, with the diamonds. Yeah, because he tells him he's like, uh, because uh, it's like right after that, he asks him, he's like, well, what do you know about, uh, you know, what is your expertise on diamonds? And he's like, well, hardest substance found in nature. They cut glass, suggest marriage. I suppose it'll replace the dog as a girl's best friend. That's about it. Yeah. And then that's when in gives them the Dude, the I love I love that line. It's just yeah. like I like I like the one where Bond's like, Do we know his contacts are? And M goes, You know, we do function in your absence, Commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he just rolls his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I do like how like uh, this guy is describing like, oh, you know, we have really loyal workers. And all we see is these yeah. workers who are, like, stealing diamonds. And, like, there's mm-hmm. this whole smuggling. So are they operation. putting them, like, in their fillings? Like, I, I, I didn't or, understand that. Yeah. Or just hiding them in their mouths. Because then the dentist I went looks with like hiding extract- in their mouths was my them. thought. Because I was like, I don't know how else they're going to, like. Oh, got to go to the dentist. Yeah, because they're smuggling them out of the caves in their mouths and then selling them through the dentist. And that makes, and the dentist takes them to a buyer. Uh, and this the meetup doesn't go as planned. This yeah. is like the, I don't know, the the way the diamonds are moved around a lot, it kind of gets a little convoluted. Who, like, the that's plot. the thing I couldn't quite figure out. Like, uh, obviously, you know, we find out later that Blofeld is kind of the one, the, the overarching enemy that's, that's trying to get these diamonds. He's stockpiling them for a reason we don't know. Our, yeah, they, they, they mentioned like it's could be to flood the market with them and then depreciate them or do yeah. something for it. Well, at this time, we don't know that it's Blofeld. We don't know about the laser either. Yeah. So yeah, what are you talking about, Rob? I thought Blofeld died, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, sorry. You know, it's like uh, it's spoiler alert. Um, but no, it's. Uh, but as far as like who's trying to steal from who mm-hmm. and who's involved with who, because you think that all these people are working together, and yet we're finding out like you know so and so's dying. Oh, this person died. Oh, Everybody who touches the diamonds with ill yeah. intent like dies. I think what it is, Rob, is there's Blofeld's company is trying to acquire. Mm-hmm. And then kind of in this whole scene that we were just talking about, like that's part of the breakdown that they talk about the diamond trade. They're like, I, I can't remember what the percentage was, but he gives some like ridiculous, like monopoly number percentage, or it's like 95% of the diamonds come from this one area in Africa, right? This one mine. So it does it, it it to me it stands to reason to understand like if you if you're going to be getting in on some kind of operation at the ground level it's going to be something that is that size and has that kind of monopoly. So I don't think necessarily that these people were like it, it was targeted because of the size and so these people are going in and getting it and then just finding a way to sell them as far as like uh the hands that it's touching as it's moving along. I, I'm assuming that those are just these are people that are in on this one time, like they get approached. Hey, we got people that are coming to you and and they're just kind of burning through these these middlemen that are that they. Yeah, oh, they it's, kind of it's, like, it's kind of to give like a buffer zone, like to so nothing ties back to. Oh, okay, so, and then, okay. so like the company that Blofeld's using is he's using uh, Mr. White's company, right? And right, Willard Mr. White. White comp like hostage or whatever. Yeah, is he impersonating him as well? Yes, with only with voice though, not Correct. appearance. Yeah, because he so, already so. hasn't been seen for years. Willard White was already yeah. a shut. Yeah, so he was I was like, gonna say it would make sense too if he did the appearance thing too, because we get all the plastic surgeries. I, mean, well, I was expecting uh, Blofeld to come out with a new face at some point in this film. Mm-hmm. When we first meet the guy from um, what is it, the funeral business, uh, Slumber mm-hmm. Inc. I thought that guy was totally. 
Blofeld, the operator, like he meets that he meets when he goes there to bring Peter Frank or whatever. But yeah, because yeah. I, I kept start. I was trying to think of like who or who might be. I'm wondering if Blofeld's in the background somewhere. Like he's been here the whole time, you know, with the new face. right. Yeah. yeah, if you know Bond movies, you know you're like, okay, Blofeld in and fucking die in the first five minutes. Right. Yeah, but they do they do kind of show us how where the like how the stones uh, change hands, and we so we then we get introduced to Mister Kid and Mister Wint. Oh, so the, the great henchmen. Like these are some of my such favorite. odd fellows. Let me yeah. let me let me tell you. So my note was that they are the gay evil C three PO and R two D two. Okay. I thought, and, yeah, it's it's pretty progressive um, that they're like basically openly gay in the in the very movie. flamboyant. Yeah. So, um, let me tell you about these guys. So Bruce Glover plays Mister Wint and uh, yeah, Heidelberg. We we love cataloging crazy hairstyles in movies. Yeah. This, this guy's the, got like the reverse mullet or something. I don't. No, this bald is the mullet. This is what I call the bald mullet. Yeah, he's trying in the front, like. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to keep business. The business <laughs> trying to running. keep it open, and the, but the party's fucking flowing in the back. Like that yes, the party is. is raging in the back stuff. So, Mister Went, he's played by a guy named Bruce Glover. Uh, uh sorry, uh, Putter Smith. Uh, he or sorry, I'm sorry, Mister Kid plays Putter Smith. He has the crazy hair. Um, he I mean, is, Putter Smith plays Mister Kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, Putter Smith plays Mister Kid with the the bald mullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a jazz musician and. Uh, for whatever reason, they, I don't know why the producers like were just uh, enamored. Is that haircut, dude? <laughs> Maybe his look. Maybe it's yeah. the it's just he's all mullet. That's it. Uh-huh. There's no business. It's just mullet. It's all party. Yeah, I think um, if anybody could have pulled off the the mullet unibrow combo, it might have been him. Except he went bald, so he was like the one guy that maybe could have done it, yeah. Rob. So, Mister Wint, um, they uh, for that character, the they wanted a Peter Lorre type. You know how we talked about with Peter Lorre has the crazy fucking eyes and the weird facial expressions. Mm. They were looking for that type of person. Um, they were actually going to be. There was supposed to be some other like jazz singer type, like uh, the Putter with Putter Smith. I forget who they were for, but they ended up going for a guy named Bruce Glover. Now, Bruce Glover is interesting because you might, if you've seen him, like you see his face, like he looks very familiar. I've seen Was him. Was he in Indiana that. Jones? No. You know who he is? He's the father of Crispin Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I kept thinking. It was like. So Mr. Wentz is Crispin before. Glover's dad? That's Crispin Glover's dad. Hmm. Um, oh, oh, the. Uh, the uh, so that's the Marty original. McFly's granddad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And that is cinematic archaeology. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, the original guy that was supposed to play this character was a musician named Paul Williams, who I, I'm not really familiar with. But, yeah, they, they ended up getting this guy. Somebody in casting really liked jazz. <laughs> I know. Like, well, I'm going to put all my favorite jazz guys in here. <laughs> Where's that bald mullet guy? Get him in there. Uh, yeah, and so that th- those two were just so wild, and that that scene with, that we open up, like where they kill the uh, the dentist with the scorpion. Yeah, so yeah. originally they were supposed to <laughs> shove cheesy. that. They were gonna <laughs> shove that scorpion into his mouth, and there's actually some deleted footage. Oh, cool! They did that, which I think would have been so much more like. Yeah, instead of dropping it down the back of his shirt like an ice cube. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh. Maybe that, maybe that's that's their, like. There's no way they don't know these these guys are a couple if we let him do a death scene like this. Did you see Wint's face as he's like trying to be sneaky and drop it in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, Mister Kid's like, "Oh, my tooth hurts. Oh god, yeah, my, oh. my molar. Yeah, <laughs> open wide." 
I was like, uh, good lord, it's those two are so silly, but I love those characters. Dude, they weren't perfect. They were perfect too. as these evil like sub bosses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, they blow up just, the helicopter. You know, but I, you know the thing is like I think these guys get forgotten. You know, when you have guys like Odd Job and yeah, Jaws, Jaws. And it's like it's Batista. Kind of, well, because yeah, like you said, these guys are more sneaky dudes. They like underhanded. They go in and and sabotage shit or poison people. Like and they do they, they do these like weird like they they do these um like verbal like exchanges. A, yeah, like the way that they talk to each other, yeah, it's like they're like it's like these like little fables that they tell each other. It's like, yeah, you know what happens when you when you fail? Try, try again, Mister Wind. It's like, mm. yeah, they well, it's like if, uh, if God yeah. had wanted men to fly, he would have given him wings. wings. Yeah, so yeah, they, they blow up the helicopter. That's a cool scene too because they exchanged the the diamonds, but they're really still holding them. Dude, his- and that is one of my favorite lines. I love when that fucking guy tells him he's like, "Oh, hold on, stop it." Where's the other guy? And he's like. Oh, he's sick, bitten by the by bug. the bug. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's so stupid. It's so it's uh, so dumb, and it's so. And his face is like he looks like he's trying not to laugh because he's yeah. like, I'm about to kill you with a scorpion. I have it behind my back. <laughs> Bruce Glover could have played the Joker in that era. Yeah, I sure. could see that. Yeah. So I do There's think like it's a pretty dumb cool. ass smile he has. Yeah, yeah. he could play. The- I just like the way the scene plays out. Like they blow up the helicopter and then they just grab the diamonds and they walk off and then just grab each other's hands. And that's when I was Keep like, oh, on. interesting. Like, yep. yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> neither was I. I was like, wow, that's pretty progressive. And they both have this like this just evil cheese like villain vibe to them that I don't know. It works. It could be over. could be too much, but I think it works for their characters. Uh, you get just the right amount of them. Yeah. In scenes. And you always know they're going to show up like, all right, things are going to twins. You know, they don't look alike, but sort of like twins. Also, uh, this film is in 4K. Uh, it looks really good. It does. They did, did a really good job. In yeah, even it. streaming. It was in 4K. I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow, on Amazon. I was like, this looks really nice. Yeah, actually, right now, because uh, we had the Bond anniversary of like when Dr. No came out. So Amazon put all these films out for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, stream so you you can watch every bond film it's great yeah which is pretty well like, if you're looking for something to keep you busy like there's enough films in there that'll take you a while oh yeah. dude and i bought the they they put out an anniversary collection uh that i picked up and it's like this white box that is just crispy uh, rob you would blow a fucking load <laughs> the amount of shit that is in this box oh set. my god i want it i want it buddy. just the Actually, com- I, I commentary know, deleted know. scenes fucking notes on each like at literally it, you put the film in and there's like seven pages of fucking notes of like oh the, and like trivia all of them come with director and actor commentary like it's Fuck, yes that's that's pretty extensive I, um, uh, one of my one of my closest friends who's been on my my podcast several times uh, he has not well, not with the Craig ones but he does ha- he had like the he had an uh, anniversary box set of like double up so I I borrowed some of his stuff so I have yep. some 007 nice. trivia in there dude and- that's exact the volumes I was talking about earlier that they that's all probably the one he has too yeah. so yeah. we we may we probably watch the same things because the the clip that I I sent to our discord has it's pretty much like what's on that box. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, so the we get the uh, speaking of Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wentz, we follow them. They visit uh, the little old lady named Mrs. Whistler that runs like uh, is that like an orphanage or some sort of school? It looks like in Africa. Yeah, it looks like a school, school orphanage, school something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. She she seems harmless at first, but then we see that like they're dropping off the diamonds that they stole to her, and she's got this like hollowed out Bible that they put them in. And I just yeah. I like the way that scene played out. We're like, okay, okay, oh yeah. She's just oh, talking about some random stuff. Canals in Holland. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did want a picture. Yeah. What do you think killed her then? Because we obviously we see them killed the. the I guy think they them. killed her, but it's weird. What? Like, why hand off the diamonds to her then, and then what? Use her to tra- like bring her, bring them to what's her name? That's yeah, the only like, thing I can think. Yeah, they had like, her do the the hand to hand. Yeah, and then killed her right. again. Because they were there when she died, right? Like they it, were. It, and yeah. if you if you think about it, right? Uh, They're there the, when everybody dies. The main chick doesn't know the two. So to me, that's kind of confirmation that because the um, the diamonds get delivered and we're talking, we're talking about Tiffany case, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. She she doesn't know the two because so th- so she must have done the hand to hand with Tiffany because yeah, she did, otherwise the she would have known Mr. Kid and Mr. Went, right? Mm-hmm. Which she has no idea who they are when they pop up. So, so no, so what I was thinking is like, so because it, it is this, um, no, I think it was supposed to be. So we had the dentist passing mm. it off to the the lady who goes to Holland. She gives that stuff over to Peter Franks, and Peter Franks is the connection for uh, Tiffany in a case. No, Peter's supposed to be the one picking him up from Tiffany. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. So yeah, I, and then I, so Bond I, takes I his place. Right. That okay. whole scene at the airport, too, like you said, it felt tacked on. It does a little bit. It's weird. Like, Peter shows up. We get introduced to Peter for a quick second. He just walks into a small room, and then instantly she comes out. Like, we're supposed to be like, oh, I guess he got knocked. I was waiting to see, like, his shadow, at least. He got a, so he got arrested Someone, like, by the British Is that what it was? And, yeah, and they were going to transit for him to London. And he escapes, yeah. And he escaped. But I, the exchange with Money Penny at the airport's definitely, like, it kind of feels dated now. Like, she gets him the documents, I guess. After he yeah. takes the identity of Peter Franks and she takes his uh, he takes the car of Peter. Yeah, and she's like insinuating marriage in her conversation with him about the ring and everything and driving away. Like- and she's swooning over him as he drives away. And it's just like it plays off like really desperate sort of. Would you say again, well, for a trip? She she is desperate. Like the, I know, all, I know she loves whole, like she's obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, their whole exchange is all about like she wants to be with Bond. Always, know, but yeah. it feels very dated nowadays in a more contemporary sure. like setting. Yeah. So the reason why the scene feels tacked on is because they weren't actually sure they were going to have Lois Maxwell this film. Hmm. She had been because requ- uh, this this is the role that everyone knows her for. Like I looked at like her her filmography and I was like I don't know and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people films, but they do know her as Money Pen. Mm-hmm. She was actually requ- uh, asking for more money for her role. And they actually were like, well, they were negotiating, not really sure if she was going to like they were going to come to a deal. And they did kind of at the 11th hour. And so we didn't have the normal scene at like, you know, MI6 headquarters. And so, yeah, put she her in the field for this one. Here. Yeah. In the field. So that's why it feels tacked on, because it kind of was. Yeah. I do love when he drives away from the airport we he drives away and the film purposely shows you the options of transit here in holland right they're in holland at this point right you want the, uh, it's free want... ferries and wait for it hovercraft the I film zooms all... in on the sign 
I want all of my travel to be done by hovercraft. I know, but just that's so <laughs> so funny that like this hovercraft option and like the the camera just like zooms right in on it. Like they we get it. Like you want us to know that you know Bond is gonna choose the the hovercraft any moment. Like we didn't get the hint. The next scene is just a picture. It's just a shot of a huge fucking hovercraft. Like, you gotta beat it yeah. over your head. Bird. <laughs> yeah. I think someone really wanted to use this hovercraft, so they wanted to like really spotlight. Did you, did you get it? We're going to go by yeah. hovercraft. hovercraft. <laughs> Wait, what? So, Hover, Did you say hovercraft? Yes, I said hovercraft. Yeah, yeah. Here's a We're sign. We're taking the hovercraft. <laughs> so at this point, Bond is now uh, Peter Franks. Mm. He's got his vacation and he's got the location where to go. Now he needs to contact his Tiffany Case. Uh, Smoke show. Yes. Let's talk about Tiffany Case, played by an actress named Jill St. John. As you said, smoke show. She is the very first American Bond girl. Oh, cool! Because they, uh, they were trying to more uh, they they have been trying to attempt to Americanize Bond uh-huh. a little bit, and so we, we were initially going to get an American Bond, but they smart choice they did they kai. Well, we get Felix. You know, we get his CIA count like yeah. Well, that that's that that's one case. But as far as like American, like making Bond an American actor, yeah. But they, all the actresses beforehand had all been European actor actresses who have played these Bond girls. So to have an American actress play in this in this movie, I think it really works because she yeah. is fantastic as Tiffany Case. We first meet her and she's like half naked, right? She lets him in and we just yeah. see her walking into the room. She's got blonde hair and then she leaves the room. And she comes back a brunette, and Bond notices and he's like. She asked uh, Frank. She thinks she's calling him Frank. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because okay. she, because she knows that uh, she's expected to meet this guy to hand off the the diamonds to kind yeah. of transport them over to. Okay, yeah. Now I see what you're talking about. Peter Frank's was her connection to pass the diamonds off and move uh-huh. them forward. Yeah, I just like when he's he makes a comment. Um, he makes a comment here where she's like. Uh, he mentions about her hair and she says, I know like, exactly what you're going to say. I know Yeah, bond. Which do you prefer? And he makes a comment here. He says, I've never heard this one before. He says, as long as the collar matches the cuffs, uh, <laughs> which uh, is obviously a joke. I, uh, you know, about it reminded me of like, do the carpet meet, uh, right. Match right. the drapes. Yeah. And, and she just kind of plays it off like, well, yeah. that'll, be, that'll be something we'll talk about. Stop later. fucking around bond. Yeah. Dude, I watch I this with like, my wife. Bro. I don't watch a lot of the movies that we're going to do with my wife, but I happen to, you know, like she knows I love Bond. She's seen them. So she was like, yeah, hey, I'll watch this one. And uh, it was hilarious. When that part came up, she was like, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. It plays off that way. Definitely. Yeah. I was like, damn, bro, you didn't have to go there. But uh, uh, I thought you were going to, you know, it's funny. I thought you were going to say, because she comes back with uh, as a brunette. She like she has the blonde hair, damn near naked, walks away. She comes back with a brunette with the glass. And it's like, you need some ice. And he's like, weren't you just a blonde? It's like, I tend to notice little things like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that, too. Yeah, the, he what was the up. point of that, by the way? Why? I, don't know. I think it was just to show that, like, she's capable of, like, you know, disguise. And um, I don't know, like, because she also lifts the print off the glass. Right. Which is, like, pretty cool. Um, cause, and then she gets Frank's print off of it because he's got, like, some fake prints. On. Yeah, yeah, well, that that's where we also, like, meet Q because after that. Yeah, like we see, it's like, oh, there's a very fabulous contraption uh, there, Q. Like it really helped. And then she comes out again as a redhead, and that's her natural. Right. And she's also got like a smoking hot dress on at that point. I'm like, yeah. damn, gorgeous. Damn. 
Uh, so then we get, yeah, Frank escapes from um, Bond. So, like, Bond's cover is potentially compromised at this point because he hears that Frank escaped. So Peter shows up to Tiffany's, and Bond hides in plain sight. Um, he yeah. hugs himself as if he's a couple kissing in the street. It's great. And so, so Peter good. walks up to the door, and then Bond comes up from behind him and pretends to be, like, a German or whatever, right? Yeah. And they have this fight in the elevator. That gets kind of out of hand. It's cool. And Tiffany comes out of her apartment to see because she sees she hears him. I guess she sees him fighting. And she's wearing this tight ass fucking dress. And I'm like, man, this woman is like, they're really showing they're, her off in this movie. The ladies are pouring out of their division. Yeah. And then t- uh, Tiffany shows James where the diamonds are hidden after that because you know James ends up taking out Peter. And we get um, they're hidden in what like the they made a it's chandelier, a chandelier. Or, or like yeah, a life fixture. Now, are those the real di- diamonds at this point in the story? They are still, right? I, I think they are. Because they get exchanged at some point when he comes yeah. to America. Think or that, or like, you think they do. I think that Bond knows that there's some there's something weird that's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have the diamonds somewhere else to mm-hmm. you know, kind of keep you know, so where I can see like what how people are gonna react yeah. and which is what what he does. Uh, then he switches we... the ID of Peters too, so that way Tiffany will will think that that was James Bond. You killed James Bond. Now, if that was James Bond, he would have had a mouse trap inside of his pocket when you went to go switch wallets, right? Wouldn't like, how did Bond not that? know that this this dude might have had one of those too? It, who knows? I'm never sticking my hand in anybody's fucking pocket anymore. Or the prison wallet. No one's in yeah, no, you definitely don't. You need consent to stick your hand in anybody's prison wallet, Rob. <laughs> well, he was dead at that point. Like it's. I I, I don't know how that worked post death <laughs> consent. I don't know. That's still <laughs> still considered rape in my book. <laughs> Probably Isn't worse. Sort of <laughs> <rape>? Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> anyway, back on track here. But yeah, he What's switches out. The, so I do you do you think at this point? Did you think there was ever a moment that Tiffany? ever thought he was Peter's like or do you think she knew more than she was letting on and she always knew that he was Bond or she finds out later and just keeps it I think I think he duped her I think he I think he had her for a while yeah I don't think she finds out until he he escapes because they got him they got him jammed up I think like two different times right Mm -hmm. uh in the coffin and then there's another one later and uh that's and once he gets out of both of those I think that's when she kind of is like this ain't just no fucking diamond transport. This yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they now that Peter Franks is dead, they have a way to transport the diamonds. It's Where do you like, think they stuck the diamonds? In the prison wall, of course. Yeah, they definitely Obviously. stuck it up his ass, right? Yeah, of course. Why not? So <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we he already reached there to you know put his wallet, you know the uh, you know switch cards a little bit. Yeah. So why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he de- yeah they so they transport his body, and that's how we get the story comes to America. That's when uh, Felix pops up. So this well, we Felix also... character, this is the character that was in the Craig films, right? Yeah, it's yep. supposed to be the same character. Yeah, okay. Felix yep. Leiter. Yeah, well, yeah. so there's always been a Felix Leiter in yeah, the, in which is just like his American contact, uh, been, right? But been played by different actors. No one actually really played that role very consistently up until the Craig film. Um, Jeffrey Wright killed it as a... yeah. he. He's easily the best Felix Leiter. Yeah, I thought he was great. Because there's a, there's a lot of chemistry between him and Bond in those films, I think. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I, li- I like Jeff. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have the... There, so there's the interaction. On the, they are both uh, Tiffany Case and Bond go on the plane. They're up, But they're 
obviously pretending like they don't know each other and of our uh, our gay C3PO and uh, R2D2 uh that are that are uh, there it's like ooh miss case is uh you know very attractive yeah mr kid oh, mentions what? that she's very attractive for a lady for a lady and, and because mr went gets a little jealous look of like yeah yeah how fucking dare you yeah. You know, I'm the beautiful one in this relationship. God damn it! I mean, I don't it know. Gets seen a that mullet between the two. Yeah. Well, the the way that uh, uh, Bruce Glover was playing this is that because it was known that these characters were gay, and so he was very possessive of the other guys. Mr. Kid. He's like and that. That's the way that, that. So like when he would give them these those glares and like the way that they would kind of interact mm-hmm. with one another, it was a very possessive relationship. So. What, so uh, when uh, when Bond arrives, the the body gets taken off the plane, and that's when Felix uh, greets him, right? And takes him aside. Yeah. Well, not Felix, yeah. but the, the customs guys do, and then yeah, Felix swaps customer. out the guy. Correct. He's, I guess, at, at that point, he's supposedly grabbing the diamonds, like to take them. That's as, what I was for I safety, wasn't sure, or just like, oh, is Bond supposedly giving them to the Americans? Like, how is that working? I actually have no idea. Because he switches them out too. He gives fake ones to to Felix. Correct. No, Felix doesn't get them at all at this point. I thought he does, and they're fake. No, because the interaction is that Felix, like, I don't even know where. How? Where are they? He's like, I know they're here, but where'd you hide them? Yeah. And then he tells him, he's like, oh, he remark, I can't remember. Oh, because I, I thought he got him at that point. Because later they find out that the diamonds that were given were fake. Maybe when, from not not the Americans. That's the Slumber Inc. people. Okay, I thought those were the Americans saving Bond. So I thought that was a CIA guy. Like coming no. in, no, and Slumber like Inc. The CIA used an actor to, uh, like a plant to go in because that that whole burning of the casket wasn't real anyway. That was like simulated, right? That's what uh, I'm. Well, they thinking. pulled him out. Slum- they made it look like it was simulated. Because Slumber Inc. was working with the, the group that is trying to steal the with and, Blofeld. Yeah, right. and I'm wondering yeah. if maybe you know Bond stuck those diamonds up his prison wallet, the real one. He might have. Uh, he seems like he's a pretty progressive guy. I'm sure he's like fucked around with some ass play. No, I think what I think I think we're I think he got a little confused there because the slumber ink and definitely the bad guys. I think they, they are, put yeah. him in the coffin. They they roll him in there. They one thousand percent planned on killing him. Still thinking that it's Peter Frank. They obviously don't know that it's Bond at this point. They get the exchange of the money. And he even makes a comp because, you know, they tell him where to go get the money. He gets it. That's when he gets knocked out by Mr. Kid and Mr. Went wakes up. He's in the coffin and he's being put into the into the incinerator. And then he gets pulled out and it's the Slumber Inc. guys, which is like, you know, it's supposed to be it's like, a you know, they never mentioned mafia. But these guys are, you know, the way they talk, the way they move there. It's like a mafia vibe. But then one of them was an actor. Yes. So. I was, I was, I'm glad you brought this up, Heidelberg. Did you recognize one of the slumbering? Yeah, it was Sid Haig, a young Haig? Sid Haig. Yeah, yeah, a very young Sid Haig. He, was deep, yeah, he was like, You might want to ride in the front, Mr. Peters, or Mr. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, John, I'm, uh, maybe you don't know who this guy is. He's a very famous, like, uh, like exploitation, like, actor, exploitation right? movies. Like, he did a lot of Roger Corman stuff. He's been in a lot of horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. A lot of Rob Zombie stuff. Yeah, he was in House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil yeah. Rejects. Uh, in oh, one of my oh. favorite films, too, he was in Bone Tomahawk. So, it's, uh, he's one of those, like, kind of just interesting. He has an interest, an interesting look, an interesting voice. And yeah. Just, he had mutton, he had some, uh, mutton chops going on, too. 
Um, is that what you mean? Is that what you're talking? What do you mean by actor, though? Are you mean, you're talking about like in the movie someone was playing an actor in that? No, 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 no. The actor that played the role of one of the drivers from the gotcha. Slumber Inc. Gotcha. that picks yeah. him up at the airport. Um, the big guy with the deep voice and the mutton chops that was sitting. I'll Isaac. be honest. The only reason I recognize him is because I was watching this on Amazon and they have like the cast list. I was like, Sid Haig. What yeah. the hell? If you pause Amazon on a scene, it'll tell you exactly who's in it. So I, I have a question. When when Mr. Slumber came out, did I, I did I don't know for me like this is my first time. I thought he was Blofeld. Like I thought that was Blofeld with a little bit of a changed no, face. Yeah, I did, I his did. presence just said Blofeld to me. I was like, oh, this is gonna be Blofeld. How do you not know it's not him? But it wasn't. And they also cremate Peters super fast. Like those are the real ashes from Peters in the. Yeah, no, I I doubt it. That was just an exchange, right? Like because like doesn't like that was too fast man he got there he went in the cremation instantly a guy came out the other doorway once the yeah. coffin went in with the urn it was like no it doesn't work that fast that takes a couple hours to like burn everything it takes a while and they don't normally just hand them over to you uh um, yeah we meet plenty of tool once oh, so, so we we uh, we we moved to uh to las vegas and to the uh what so all these scenes so i i do want to talk about like because now we're in las vegas and uh, one thing that happens with this film, because Willard White is a parody off of Howard Hughes right. later in his life, who hmm. is was a recluse later in his life, all of his malady. Uh, but Howard Hughes was also a ginormous fan of Bond. And he actually would get like when the Bond films would come out uh, and he was friends with uh, I think it was Albert Broccoli was one of his like closest friends. And so he would get like the very first print of every Bond film that would come out and play it for him at his house yeah he would he would have like the 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 film reel sent to his house so he could watch them that's crazy yeah and what would happen is when they were talking about like doing this book and filming in las vegas howard hughes like hey use whatever you need How, how can i help you make this film happen uh, because Howard Hughes owned like the Desert Inn and like he had like casinos and ranches out in this area. So when it came to the uh, filming when in the casinos, those were all Howard Hughes casinos that they were filming in. Uh, so cool. that, yeah, and obviously like uh, and the guy who act, ends up playing Willard uh, that was James Dean. I mean uh, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean, the sausage king. Oh, man, I used to love his sausage as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I don't uh, anymore, but her, the links. I love the little links. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, but he also, at that at that time, worked for Howard Hughes. And he was afraid that, like, is Howard not going to like that? So, I'm wait, gonna... Jim, Jimmy Dean worked for Howard Hughes? Yeah. And then, oh, so he thought he was going to get in hot water for trying to impersonate him. Yes. And, like, what if yeah. I insult him by doing so? Yeah. That's what he was worried about. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sticky situation. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, it's really interesting, like how like just something so like that you have uh, friends in high places mm-hmm. that are like that are helping you make this movie happen because there there's a whole uh, air like uh, we'll talk about it when we get to that but like they shut down the strip is because Howard yeah. Hughes said hey shut down the strip we're gonna film this movie that car and, chase is pretty cool too yeah, really and, dope. Yeah, and I that like is that all purchase. because Howard Hughes had the power to shut that place down yeah. to get his film done. That's crazy. So yeah, we meet. Uh, we met plenty of Tool, who's playing Born out of that money. Dress, buddy. Yeah, she's she is. Uh, she's she's gorgeous. She's sort of just like a distraction. Though, like she doesn't really serve like a huge purpose in the film. She's not like she's not one of the players that are involved in with the diamonds or anything like that. She's kind of just a side character. Yeah. 
So, well, because in these films, there's usually like, like one or two Bond girls, right? Yeah. She's the, Your like, main one. I was waiting for her to come back because she makes it out when they throw so, off the balcony. I was like, oh, shit, she didn't die. One dies and one is kind of like the other, the main interest with Bond. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it just that's just the trope. There, there is a Bond movie, and she trope. and she does die. She does die. Um, does she, I forgot. How does she die? She's the one that is thrown at the bottom of the pool when Tiffany Case comes comes in. Oh, that's her. And, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's her. Okay, that's you know they show her breasts like through her shirt because it's wet, and I should have been like, oh yeah, that's O'Toole. My bad. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't place who it was. So uh, here, here. Oh yeah, and yeah, you do, you do get her uh, to your uh, her boobies for sure. Yeah, it's and they're, <laughs> they're great. They're they're fantastic. So by the way, the actress that plays Plenty O'Toole, her name is Lana Wood. She is the younger sister of Natalie Wood. Um, so if, yeah. So if you've seen uh, Rebel Without a Cause or A Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, uh, she's uh, Natalie Wood is like really one of those mm-hmm. famous actresses that. Uh, <clears throat> She was a child actress who ended up, you know, becoming really famous. She was murdered by her husband Robert Wagner in the eighties. Yeah, um, but she, uh, Lana Wood, was also a child actress. She was a, a film that we're going to be doing here on the Cinemigos at some point, The Searchers. She was one of the children in The Searcher and kind of, you know, had her own type of career. And she was a smoke show. I just, man, she looks great. I do uh, yes. want to. We've discussed meeting the character, you know, but. I think it's important to note here, especially if you're a Bond nerd, you know, she's met at a craps table and Bond doesn't play craps like he's it's Bond has played Baccarat in every Bond film that he's gambled. Mm. And the first time that he's playing, you think it's uh, because he's in America, right? First time he's playing craps, not Baccarat. And then they it's kind of like a wink, a wink to the to the viewer. Right. Because it's. We get, you know, plenty of tool comes in and she, you know, crap gets the point craps out almost immediately. But I, I don't know if you guys play craps or if you understand craps, mm-hmm. but nope. <laughs> but I, so, I, I love it. I just it's a it's a it's a very fun game. It's it's amazing. And that's a whole nother podcast to talk about. But uh, he you know, she craps out immediately. And then the next shooter comes in, which would be Bond. And then he gets his point. And just fucking rattles off. Give me Making the hard way. Whoopie whoop. I'll bet the field. Give me the come. I'll, you know, get it on the come line. I'll take the odds on the point and blah, blah, blah. Like just rattles off all the bets, right? Horns, everything. And then uh, she says, geez, you've played this game before. And he's like, well, only once. You know what I mean? It's like he, he's mm-hmm. he's not a craps guy. Like he plays yeah. Baccarat. And so it's just it, it. I enjoyed it a lot because you always see that. And then as someone who I, I love craps. And then to see Bond playing craps and to just fucking knowing his way around the table like that, it was just like that was pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Also, I love like Plenty's introduction too because she's like, "Hi, I'm Plenty," and you yeah. see, I like, just stare straight into you her. See cleaver. Plenty, yeah. <laughs> it's also plenty of of tool. You know what I mean? Like it's like tool, a plan. Yeah. yeah, like she's probably had plenty of tool, but um, she's obviously kind of just kind of snakes her way around the casino. It's probably you know, like getting money out of these dudes. Oh yeah. What he gives her like five Over. stacks. Five for grand. Yeah. He wins like fifty, gives her five grand and reels her in. Jeez, and she just like I like the way she goes nothing. to work. She just takes his arm all of a sudden. Just you're such yeah. a nice man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, You want to go back to my room, which they that do. Casino life, dude. And I do like the way the room scene plays out because it's like he was totally gonna shag her. Oh yeah. Right. He walks um, away to freshen up, he starts undressing. Yeah. And she at first I was like, Oh shit, it's a double cross, she lured you there. But then I was like, Oh, she's not even in on it either. They just throw her off the balcony and we turned yeah. out that 
those henchmen back out. They don't fuck with Bond, and he's sort of like, well, wh- what the fuck? And then he notices something on the table, right, or whatever. It's something from Tiffany, and we see right. Mrs. Case is in the bedroom waiting for him. They talk diamonds, and Bond gets naked, and they yep. screw. He just gets naked, like puts his suit on, the, and she's yeah. just laying there. And, uh, yeah, they screw or whatever, and they she comes up with the plan to to get rid of the diamonds or to get the diamonds, I guess, which I feel like is obviously going to be a double cross, but Bond's like game anyway. Right. I think this is where she already knows that this is James Bond. Uh, yeah. And she's like, I just got to bang James Bond. That was all. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Sean Bond. In the, yeah. He is the man. I just like the way he nonchalantly just like gets nude. Like, okay, we're going to shag now. Yeah. Um, and nowadays he would have been like totally ripped, but like back then he's just sort of like a normal looking dude. He's not Dad like, bod, bro. Yeah. He's not like an, he's not in the worst shape either he's just like you know a thinner guy with yeah regular hair and everything he kind of got that burt reynolds going on i could see that's why they maybe they were they were eyeing burt for this role yeah i i could see like the look burt reynolds would be awesome but not when he speaks yeah uh so yeah they go to the cia and bond kind of watch her now um as they this plans in motion she's to get the stones and they go to this like circus type casino right am i right it's like a Oh, yeah, circus, circus. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. And there's like an exhibit there that Tiffany uses as a, a distraction because she's like being followed. Um, well, no, she's trying to get away with the diamonds, right? Um, right. And it's an exhibit where it, I found this. I don't know. I don't know how intentional it was, but it's a black woman who is like scantily clad and held prisoner and transformed into a gorilla by an evil white mad scientist. Like the entire audience is children and they all run out of there, right? It's so right. weird. It is, is a weird scene. I'm the, like, what? Is this murders in the room morgue? Like, with I don't like, know, man, because I, I don't have that frame of reference from that. I just at the scene the way it's played, I'm like, this is pretty racist. <laughs> oh, for sure. Weird. Yeah, I, I mean, the time frame is 1971, so I'm like, I don't know. I, it's also could be scary. It just played for just for scares, but the way it plays out when I'm breaking down the themes, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Right. So, a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah it, a little sketch. You got the kids oh. there too. It felt unnecessary. It does. Plenty of tools character is sort of unnecessary as well. Uh, she's nice and all, but she doesn't really do anything. Most of the secondary Bond girls tend to be unnecessary. I think, they, I think the main reason is like, because I don't think this ever really gets explained, but <clears throat> this is jumping ahead a little bit. But uh, we just talk about she, she, she gets the diamond, she eludes the people, and then Bond ends up showing back up at her spot, which is what which, which they call her spot. She, she walks in. Juggernaut. Comes out to the back, sees Bond sitting in the back, and then they 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 get into a, a argument, a discussion, and she says, and that's when she finds out, you know, the she what's my wig doing in the pool? And he's like, No, that's fucking Pliny, who yeah. was supposed to be you, because you were next in the pipeline, so they were gonna kill your ass. Uh-huh. Uh you're just lucky. But so so here's here's my here's my question to you. This is this is what I didn't for so did did that really happen? Or is this the CIA and Bond working together that she gets killed so they use her as as a kind of like a leverage point against Tiffany? Because we've already said it was it was an obvious double cross that Tiffany was going to do. She she you know, we we know that almost immediately mm-hmm. as it gets accepted. And I think they're trying to find a way. They're trying the to find a way to maneuver around that. And then she ends up getting away. And now they're really in a jam because even Bond, uh, Felix calls Bond and he's like, fuck, hey, Bond. And he's like, Felix, don't you, you fucking say yeah. you lost her. And he's like, we lost her. Yeah. And so that's where I think the thought process of them comes in to kill plenty 
to plant plenty to flip Tiffany. Otherwise, mm-hmm. she's never gonna she's never gonna be with him. I mean, maybe I th- I just thought it was Blofeld, sort of like you said, like t- the Tiffany got mistaken for. I mean, um, so basically, Bond's story you think yeah. is what happens? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I don't because I, I don't like I don't think Bond would greenlight killing plenty. A CIA right. might do shit like that. Oh no, yeah, it, th- that'd be a CIA type move for sure. But I actually think that that is. Uh, I think that the story that Bond tells, I think that that's actually what happened. Okay. But I do like your theory. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, because I think that um, that was the house that they had kind of given Tiffany Case. Like, oh, this right. is you know, this is you know, to do this job, right? Hey, this place to stay, and she and when they were going to go kill her, the because um, they're they're usually utilizing the the Willard White name and estate to right. like move. So and. Uh, Plenty O'Toole was kind of upset that like she didn't get to be with Bond, and she kind maybe she figured something out, went over there, and she went- you're shooting the movie a lot of bail here, Rob. I am, I really am. I- I'm gonna shoot it some bail. Yeah. I actually do feel like that that is the real story that she yeah. just happened to be there, sure, yeah. sure. Little Tiffany, and it's like, hey, you know, maybe they uh, you send some regular thugs who don't know the difference. So they kill this chick and thinking that oh we we did our job yeah yeah in reality they didn't because yeah. we, we, how many movies have we seen like where you know person's in the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. and they had nothing to do with anything mm-hmm. yeah well Bond's able to uh, he gets some more information out of her though right because um, he slaps her with like a glove or something like that like he yeah this is kind of like the catalyst of like him getting her on his side <clears throat> yeah and he well, infiltrates well, that. He gets information and finds out where that underground facility is. He he went all uh, uh what did the five fingers say to the face? Yeah, yeah, he went all Charlie Murphy on uh no um sorry Rick that's James Prince. bitch the Prince no that's Rick James yeah um yeah so we go into the underground facility and this this is where it gets a little zany it gets a little zany down here in the underground yeah. facility I'm getting real awesome power vibes down here yeah uh Bond comes across what looks like a recording of the moon landing. <laughs> yeah, dog. Stage. W- were they shooting a movie there? Was that supposed to be? Like I don't know movie? if that was a movie or that was supposed to be like the moon landing. I wonder. I the wonder if this- moon landing is fake, just like the shining. Yeah. I wonder if that was an homage to that because yeah, that- I think it was. You know, like or like another faking of the moon landing. You know what I mean? Like they're doing an update, uh, like a new one. But like, so he interrupts it, and one of the one of the guys in the booth like, yells like, "Stop him!" And like the astronaut walks past him like he's actually in zero on G. the moon. I just like tries to grab him, but it's like, yeah. what the fuck, bro? That shit was hilarious. Bond runs right past him in real I'm time. So glad you caught that because I had the exact same thought process. Like it's like going it's like off, a football player in slow mo like, trying to grab the ball, getting by him, dude. Yeah, and bro. You say you hear it, and the guy's like. No, <laughs> he's like grab him. Everything else is working in real time, but these actors, this guy's yeah. so in the zone, committed to the bit. break. Yeah, his character, acting buddy. Yeah, um, and when the uh, Bond Bond takes off in the Moon Rover, which is it work, it works. It yeah. could have just been a prop if you're filming fake shit, but like, it works. Uh, and then the security gives chase. This is this whole scene is really zany, bro. With like takes, the crotch rockets, dude. He takes out on the on the the rover. They chase after him in in security cars. These big ass cars that are just driving like pedal to the metal through the dirt, like knowing full well you're gonna just flip the thing, right? Like, they like, drive into every ditch they can find. 
Yeah. Like, Bond escapes them in the moon rover. And then, yeah, the next wave of security guys come out on these mini trikes. They're, like, too small for a, a, a normal, like, adult male. <laughs> so this and they is... look like they have water wheels, like mud wheels. not or yeah, like yeah. We, we, Oh, no, maybe they're sand wheels. Maybe that's what they are. They're for mm-hmm. sand. This is the silliest scene in the film. Yeah, it's the, really weird. The the So that is, like, a, uh, some sort of, like, moon rover thing that uh, Connery is, like, racing around in. Yeah. Uh, they, and I, with like the car, with the, their cars chasing after him, I just felt like the cop cars from Vanishing Point, like chasing after, uh, I got real Smokey and the Bandit or Blues Brothers, like vibes too. Blues Brothers, totally. Or like the Dukes of Hazzard or some shit like that. Oh, look, he just, he outmaneuvered him. Getting through the desert. And then when the trikes come out, I'm like, oh my God, you have trikes ready to go for the security force. And also trikes are- there's a reason they don't really make trikes anymore because they're dangerous. They they flip so easily, gotcha. and that's what you see happen in this like oh, constantly. Unstable. Yeah, they're not weighted as good as like a quad. So Miss it's- Case ends up meeting him though. She does like come through, and she waits for him in that that Mach One Mustang, and um he see- he ends up grabbing a trike on the way out, and he just comes barreling down on the trike, and she's like. Kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, she's yeah. just like, I don't know. Maybe that's like you said. That's where she's like, this must be this motherfucker must be James Bond because yeah. they're gonna like. <laughs> and he, yeah, he flies off the trike and just kind of ghost rides it, and he's like, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because even fun. later they still chase it, right? Isn't don't yeah. they show a scene of like the trike still going they're and like trying, the guys yeah. are heading after that? Uh huh. And they yeah, jump in that Mustang. Um, so I, is this already past the part where he sneaks onto the van? Uh, or is that what? The, yeah, the van is how he got into the facility. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because like you said, at the pool was kind of where he was able to convince her to yeah. fall in line, right? And then so that she does, she does that, and she she does a distraction for him to jet, get in the van, and then right. she follows the van or whatever. So that's and then right. sits sits tight. So yes, he infiltrates through the van, which I thought was funny. Yeah, we missed that part, that whole scene at the gas station with like the. Uh... Forget it, Curly. You had your yeah. chance. Yeah, she's like distracting the guy at the pump so that he can get <laughs> yeah. in the van real quick. Uh, distracting the van. Where he sneaks on into this place and pretends like, oh, I'm just, I'm from G section. Like he kind of, yeah. a guy about what he does. And he's kind of like this, like lower, lower. Yeah, the guy just randomly talks to a stranger. Like, I don't, you don't know him at all. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm from G section. Here, you need yeah. another, you don't have the tag that everybody's supposed to have. Yeah. I don't find that suspicious at all. Here, here's an extra one that I carry. I carry on. an extra just in yeah. case. This Here you happens. go. You're going to need this so you can get to the, uh, the upper level security clearance that you're not supposed to be around. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a little weird. It's all right. It's very convenient and zany. Um, but I, what I do love is it, 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 it it um uh, I just like my mind blanked for a minute. Um oh it, it sets up the thrilling chase scene that we get in the Vegas Strip though with the right. Mustang after this, yeah. which I do think is pretty dope. That Mach One's pretty sick. So they used eight Mustangs for yeah. uh for to film this stuff, and obviously like the 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 famous one is obviously like them being able to kind of like turn the car, yeah, kind of the uh, where they put it up on two wheels. To go yeah, that's my the- one gripe about the. The whole scene plays out awesome until that one moment. Oh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Scene. They did. They did do with this. They did put it up on two wheels. Yeah, because you can see it when it comes out of the alley. Like it lands like a real car. No, but here's the thing, though. They they needed to do some reshoots, and some of the reshoots were done on a studio set, and the stunt drivers could not recreate what was done initially. 
And that's why the car, when it comes out of the alley, so it starts off going in one direction, it's up on like, I think the right wheel. And then when it comes out of the alley, it's up on the left wheel. Well, they show no, that right in the scene. I wouldn't it, they, notice that, dude. No oh, way. No, it does. It does. And there's a, there's a moment in the in the car, too, where you see it shift its weight as turn. if he was able to shift the car from one side of the wall to the other. They tr- they tried to recreate this stunt. It's really like, bad. Times. It was nuts. I mean, the cop car tries to do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I never noticed that. I've watched this movie probably. It's really times. quick. It's when they're in, they're in the alley and the car is supposed to be on its side. And then yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the camera tilts and like it looks like the cockpit shifts sides. Yeah. As yeah. if he was able to somehow maneuver the car in that small space to like, if I'm huh. not mistaken, I think it is there. It's just like a blink and you'll miss it. That's funny. Kind of mistake. But is it, like I said, if you're just enjoying the film and you're not really like paying attention fully, it, it, do, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. It's still pretty fun. I like the scene in the, the parking lot where he like loses them in the parking lot. That is Blues Brothers all over. Like that is that is yeah. a Brothers moments. Like where they're chasing the they're chasing them. Mm-hmm. Definitely because just he's like, what are you saying? Just because of the the zaniness of it. Yeah, and them like using the the environment to like cause these cars to like collide. When was Blues cars. Brothers? It was in the seventies. Okay. Yeah, seventy like late seventies. Like I think it was like seventy eight or something mm-hmm. like that. And then uh, after this, Tiffany addresses Bond as James. Right? She like yep. she. Let's the cat out of the bag that she knows who he is. Yeah. This is once they're fully away, right? This is them. Mm-hmm. Uh I kind of forget I kind of forget the sequence of the movie. So that we get the car chase. They get um he ends up at the hotel, right? Yeah. yeah. So when they, he infiltrates yeah, they, the escape, they escape the police and then they end up going into the uh Willard White Hotel, the bridal suite. Mm-hmm. When uh well First, him and Tiffany Case, they fuck. You know, it's like, what? James? I can call you James now, right? Yeah. Why are we bridal suites? Like, I you know, like, why? I'm about to beat that thing down. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so we can get a little, cl- you know, uh, a little closer. To- and it's like, do you think your friend Felix is like, I'm on top of the situation? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. after that, like, uh, they're getting dressed. Well, James Bond is getting dressed. What is that contraption that like uh, that Tiffany Case is in? Like, because that does not look like a bed. That looks like some sort of a aquarium. no. It's a bath. It looked like a like I, I thought it was a, a jacuzzi, like a an aquarium jacuzzi. She has a blanket on her. I don't think I right. I think you have to fill it. Like it's like a bathtub. Like I don't. I think is the blanket supposed to be bubbles? And we just didn't like they they half ass it to look like bubbles. It does look like a blanket, but it's a weird looking blanket. I thought it was like a fur blanket. It yeah, because some of those suites have like those crazy beds where like this is where the magic happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe it was. I I, I thought it. I thought it was like a like a like a bathtub style. Ju- was I was getting yeah, well, because I kind of got like Tony Montana vibes of like right. that. Right. <laughs> yes, fly, pelican. fly, pelican, fly. Uh, but the reason why they're in that suite, uh, Felix Leiter's kind of pissed off because yeah, it not worked out right. And it's like, I got people, you know, we're going to be washing the suite, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You guys just keep your asses here. And Bond's relying on, uh, he's relying on Felix to uh, get Tiffany through this too. Right. Right. If she cooperates, then he's relying on her, on, on uh, Felix to not go after her, not, you know, and provide her with uh, like an out through all this. I believe that's his plan for her. Cause she's worried about, like you said, she's worried about like, well, what happens to me when all this is done, you know? Right. 
uh, like, am I one of the good guys now? Or are you guys going to come after me once? Well, she even has to do up? something else, right? Because I remember there's a ah, there's a line that she says. I can't remember who who she's talking, but she says something. And uh, he, I think it's Bond. And he tells her, oh, uh, Felix, something about Felix saying like 20 to 30, like referring to years. Hmm. This is this is that scene. She's like, what? He's like, don't worry, I'm on top of the situation. That's like, this is when they're having sex. And then, uh, uh, and because then even later, she's she brings something up to Felix, I thought. And he's he's like kind of hemming and hawing about it. And then later on, like someone's, I, I could be completely fucking bugging right now, but I swear. Well, she's on the oil rig, right? Like later. So I guess she was meant to infiltrate Blofeld's. You know, as long right. as she did she, that. She like trips somebody up or like she, she prevents somebody from getting to, to, yeah, I don't fuck it. Never mind. The uh, we'll we'll talk about that because I I think I I have the sequence of events like as far as like what it comes to her. Uh, but like I said, so Bond goes out the window because they are right under where the the penthouse suite is, like mm-hmm. where right. it's supposed to be. Because at this time, we still think that Willard White is the uh is kind of the enemy here because he's right. the one that's orchestrating it so bond is going to go infiltrate the penthouse out you know from from the outside you know we're gonna we're gonna pull a mission impossible here we're gonna go up the building it's pretty cool he's in his tux the whole time yeah, yeah. it looks i like this dude him on top of that elevator right as it's going up oh mm. that shot is so fucking beautiful dude that he didn't is... even really sweat it too he was just like all right i got this yeah he just got his arms crossed like super right. nonchalant yeah I love that, that, that scene is so fucking cool and he does like his thing, like where he uh, has his like his uh, batarang that he's gonna shoot up into the thing, like so he yep. can come up. Uh, and this is where we find out that Blofeld is actually behind all this, and but he's, he's still alive. Yeah, and we uh, initially we think that it's it's still Willard, Willard White because into that like weird bathroom part portion of like the the penthouse. Yeah, and it's like. I imagine you have a hog leg on you. It's like, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, throw it down now. So, yeah, uh, we get the reveal that Blofeld is still alive and has a double or several double bubble. Double bubble. But um, to me, I, I this is where it gets it gets confusing. Uh, which one's the real one? I'm sort of like, OK, I know that's the point. Um, I think the one is even the- a cat double. Yeah, dude, that's the fucking ba- that. So that's how that's kind of like the that's the key. That's how he figures uh, figures yeah, it out. Yeah, because he tries to use the cat to figure yeah. out. Like he threatens the cat, and he, the, he figures the cat's gonna jump at the one that. Right, not realizing that there's another cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who I guess is also really close to the double. Like it's the double's yeah, cat. Dude. Like yeah, it's double. yeah. Ah, it's so double bubble. That's fucking awesome, <laughs> dude. This reminds me. I remember when I was on Porpoise. And we were talking about uh, what's the uh, there's one. Okay. I, it could have been the last one where he shoots down the helicopter with a handgun. And I remember like there was some of these like it, it just it was a yeah. moment on that podcast where I fucking was like, fuck that, because it was we kind of went on this tangent for like 15 minutes about like how the, like the shit that Bond shouldn't be doing. Whoop de whoop, you know, kind of going back and forth about like, man, I don't know. And then he, and then Steve makes a comment about, it. then he shoots down the fucking helicopter with a handgun. And I remember it, it's like at that moment, I was like, man, fuck that. It is Bond. Yeah, of course he could shoot that shit down with a uh, a handgun. He's a beast. And it was just, uh, it was a funny, a funny part. I think that was Skyfall that that happened. Uh, no, that's uh, Spectre. 
I think it is. That's Spectre. when they get out of the base, Inspector, and, and he kind of like and he's blows on up the, the entire base like yeah, real yeah, easily. And over the stream, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, he's yeah. running with the woman, yeah, and like yeah. the co- the copter comes in, like it's about to unleash some more bad guys on him, and he's like, "Hold yeah, on, yeah. I got this." And I remember and Steve fucking... was like, "Fuck that, you're not." I don't even think it was a pistol. I think he thing. just had an SMG, but it was like wild ass. Like no way you had good aim with that thing either. And he Maybe bear, it was... and I remember I was like, "Yeah, he did." Fuck that. That's Actually, no, I might be mistaken man. that because he shot like an explosive bat or something in the inspector at the end. But no, he does take the helicopter out after. He shoots down a hel- It's towards the end of the yeah. It's and after like, he blows up the base and the then the water comes. Yeah, yeah. He went all John McClane on that thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like you know what? Yes, Bond is like fucking do that kind of. Well, he's thing. very resourceful. That's what Bond does. You know what I mean? He yeah. can get his way whether he's got gadgets to do it or whatever. Like he's always gonna figure out a way out of situation. For the most part, um, well, he gets into the elevator. He's forced into the elevator by Blofeld. And I do like the exchange between him and Blofeld here in this like master layer. He's sort yep. of looking at this this weird map. Um, Blofeld doesn't necessarily tell him all his plans like a normal villain, but there's like hints there on the yeah. on the you know on the uh, that table or whatever. And uh, he gets gassed when he goes in the elevator. I like that he instantly like gets away from the center, thinking like the the floor is gonna fall out or something, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it just yeah. ends up gassing him. Uh, we also have um, was because this is also like where we have uh, uh, Mr. Wynn is like kid and went. They take him out of there. It, what happens when he fail? Try, try again, Mr. Wint. Yeah, some like so, dumb. <laughs> they, Mr. Wint and Kent, uh, kid. I'm sorry, Wint and kid. They take him out of the compound through a fake entrance with a fake cacti on it, and all that like all that cheesy like fake entrance movie magic. Like it's there in this scene. I was. Waiting for Austin Powers to pop up. It's fantastic. It's kind of silly. And they stick him in this pipe and then just leave him there. Like, yeah. the next day, it's buried at a construction site. Like, just a random pipe. Like, a, I'm sorry, but a construction site, they would have probably, like, looked in the pipe first. Like, right, this is the one we're going to use. Strap it up. Like, someone would have found this sleeping man in the pipe. But, okay, I'll 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 push that aside. They They bury him. I guess the pipe's connected to all the other piping now, and he's like underground. But you know, he's not—he's not necessarily gonna die because he's not buried in the dirt. He's just right. like asleep in this pipe, and then this is dumb. He befriends like a mouse, and I'm guessing that robot that came was like an exterminator. It was supposed to kill mice, like that electrical thing no. going by. So what it was—that is a—it's a welding robot. So they're they're it's welding the pipes together. So they're laying down all this pipe, and that oh. thing. From the inside. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what it I was. I thought it was eradicating like vermin. No, because the the rat just happened to be there. Oh, okay. I, you know, it's like I feel like I, I smell it. Some one of us smells like a, a tart handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know Sorry. what that meant. And what does he tell me? He's like, oh, I guess we, it's me. Because when they put him in the trunk, uh, Mister Wint. Yes, the aftershave. That's where he got a good scent of it. He's mm-hmm. with aftershave. I this forgot. Is, That's what fell in there. Right before Axe body spray. Yeah. And so double when, pits to chesty. Yeah. So like when they were dumping him into the trunk, that like little thing uh, fell out of Mister Wind's pocket, and they put Bond on top of it, which crushed it. And so he smelled that scent because uh, to this point, Bond has never seen. Nobody has seen these two guys. No, right? they haven't. Nobody alive has seen those two guys. Right. We're, we know as the audience, but, like, our characters don't know. Yeah, and up until that point, like, they're the only guys that have touched the diamonds besides Bond and Tiffany that haven't died, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. everybody else has been dying that's transported these diamonds or exchanged them or whatever. 
Uh, Bond is able to escape though because he short circuses uh, the the. I thought it was a pest killing robot, but uh, the welding robot that makes sense. But I do kind of like the way he's able to like kind of grab it and jump on it and just take it out real quick. Um, and then his he gets that opportunity to escape, which is like okay. How does he know which area the, those guys are going to come to? I guess they'll be able to track the the machine or whatever. So um, that could have taken days, but whatever. Those guys show up and he comes out of the the tunnel they're complaining about like every time this thing breaks it's not a bad thing to fix it but it's always fucking like out in the middle of nowhere yeah from the the nearest exit to get in there and they open it up and he comes out like in a tuxedo yeah what did he say uh john he says uh oh sorry boys i was just out walking my rat my rat yeah (laughs) (laughs) i must have gotten turned around yeah that shit is hilarious uh uh we'll 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 get to this because uh this the next scene there's a character that we haven't talked about too is uh, mr uh willard white's kind of right hand man named Bert Bert. saxby saxby yeah he he has been working with um with blofeld now that that character uh, the actor that plays that character is bruce cabot this was his last role before he died he actually died the very next year he was in film for 40 years and his best known role uh, is Jack Driscoll from King Kong. So he's been working for fucking hours. Oh, shit. Yeah. But uh, now we get Bond and Felix Leiter, and Q has come has come to the scene, and they, they are now use, utilizing the same technology against Blofeld to figure out where their store... Where yeah, the voice modulation. Yeah, and so they are doing uh, Bert Saxby's mm-hmm. uh, full... Uh, Blofeld into giving up Willard White's location. Right. Yeah. That ends us to our next scene, which is also pretty awesome. Yep. It's okay. Bambi and Thumper, dude. <laughs> Bambi and Thumper. So that is a real, that house, that is a real house that was built into a rock face. It, you know, one of these, you know, very modern, you know, uh, at the time, very, you know, postmodern, modern houses, mm-hmm. uh, which it just looks like the, the fucking, um, like the Power Rangers lair. You know where Zordon lives. That's that's what it reminds me. The vibe you get. So yeah, he's jumped by Bambi and Thumper, and the fight started out cool, but I don't know. It kind of ends corny to me. Like the chick named Thumper, she does this like slow build up kick when Bambi has Bond. Like she has him. She has her legs locked around him. All you have to do is like start wailing on him, and she does this really weird slow stand up build up thing with her and then kicks him and it's just kind of dumb uh like to just finish him off yeah then we see blofeld leaving the casino dressed as a lady right and tiffany notices his cat that's what like gives it away yep well that, that so here here's the other the other thing about this too is because so well bambi and thumper those apparently were real uh gymna- gymnasts mm-hmm. who- well, i'm sure yeah those roles uh because the producers thought hey wouldn't this be cool like how like did they flip around and stuff like that what like it seems like they would have a lot of power when they would like you know fight and kick a bunch of the uh, yeah because they're like using their uh their weight and stuff and so we find out that willard white is in this house Uh, well we know that that's where he's at yeah they're Uh, protecting him basically or keeping him captive there yeah he's hostage uh, but then Blofeld knows that, like, essentially because Willard White was not killed and, like, things are going wrong, so he's trying to escape, and so he does his, like, in disguise as a woman, which I don't know how many people actually know what Blofeld looks like. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Was, he's carrying the cat, too, so it's like a 
you know, Tiffany noticed it right away, which was a good. Um, yeah, so Blofeld leaves the casino and he ends up, Tiffany ends up in the car with him when she tries to like look at him. Uh, she yep. gets pushed in the car. And uh, that's, we find out here where the diamonds are being used uh, in an outer space laser beam. Like that's right. Thing. Frickin' sharks uh, with frickin' laser beams attached they're to gonna, Yeah, they're gonna use them. Uh, they're gonna put the laser through the diamonds uh, as a lens or whatever, and it's um, it's gonna be this- used... Uh, it's gonna be... So they're gonna send a rocket after it, right? I guess the, the, that was the United States at first. Um, <laughs> just the thing looks like a damn Johnson. I just thought of yeah. the Johnson joke from Austin Powers. Um, right. And they, the the laser blows it up. So we see that Blofeld's like he's using the diamond laser to heat up and detonate nukes on missile in missile silos and on submarines. And like this is pretty dangerous stuff, actually, as as crazy as it sounds, you know, using a diamond laser. It's, you know, I will say the 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 only bullet like it, that does sound like I think the the premise is awesome the uh execution of like how this looks terrible because oh the explosions yeah no no it's not the explosion like 10 seconds before the thing like freaking explodes everything gets red oh god they're diving oh, off so yeah I, I i have that when the, when the chinese one happens it blows it up pretty huge because they're already like curling into a ball before like it's, the thing like even starts to heat up it's really oh. cheesy looking the way the guy just kind of comes on screen and he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like that end of the world YouTube. It's video. like B horror movie, uh, cheese. Can we time that a little bit better? Like just just a little bit. It's a pretty big explosion too, because they got a bunch of nukes like lined up, ready to go. Because we're supposed to, you know, believe that like the Chinese are always ready to kill us. Like, right. <laughs> they, so they attack the Americans, they attack the Russians, and they attack the Chinese, which were like kind of like the three uh-huh. concerns of that time. Yeah. You know, as uh, we are opening up China to the West uh, at that time, obviously Russia is still a big superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still in the United States. So it's kind of uh, Blofeld, I think in a lot of ways, it's just like trying to you know, either hold the world hostage or create a war. Yeah. Which is kind of like similar to the premise of Tomorrow Never Dies, because that's the whole idea is that you know, you have this like you know, news magnet wanting to start a war so that he right. can do he will have first he's the one that's creating the new so that he can have first dibs on the new and kind of like he's creating this chaos mm-hmm. and i don't know what blofeld's like realistic thing like i think he just wants the world to i guess but yeah real quick uh we're gonna start running a little long so i think we should wrap it up a little bit like just kind of get to the oil rig let's get the ending you got any good trivia still that you want to drop just or like some choice bits about- and then yeah the thing about the oil rig scene is that they fucked they almost fucked up because when they uh they were going to do some run throughs just to make sure like everyone's in, in place they had all the explosives like, everything was activated and the assistant director said uh like oh we're, we're doing the run through action and somebody misunderstood that and they just started unloading the explosives the pyrotechnics and it was thank God that the guys that like wait what shit the people that are in the helicopters with the cameras like oh what the fuck and so they started filming and uh, so they capture all the explosives off of this thing oh otherwise it would have been a total wasted shot too because the assistant director like went to the guy Hamlin is like I'm so sorry I fucked up and he's like I'll take care of it don't worry about it yeah so yeah we find out about the oil rig through uh, Mr White right because he sees the 
that on the table that he never had a he sees all his like own, the things that he owns his properties and he never right. owned that oil rig in that area when bond mentions it he's like wait a minute so they find out like oh that's the one outlier so that's like their last clue of about where blofeld could be running his operation he's like baja i don't know anything in yeah baja. so we get this cool oil rig like sequence um i do like the oil rig sequence i think it's a pretty cool set piece yeah uh, anytime there's something on an oil rig it's pretty cool like metal gear 2 uh you know yep. it's fucking metal gear solid 2 but yeah so bond kind of infiltrates this oil rig uh not really actually he just get he gets caught on purpose actually was <laughs> um but it's sort of like an infiltration it's weird too he comes down on that like little raft thingy and and it's like you get i'm just picturing him inside it like a hamster like running <laughs> in it to push it towards where he's got to go and then kind of like showing up, up like hey it's me but he gets there um and he's got like this tape he's gonna swap out i guess the guidance system it is or what is it like yeah Basically, like, that tape that like is able to like has all the info information such an odd way to deliver like for like an end of the world sort of device i don't know it's so weird like a cassette tape especially nowadays it's such an analog thing to think of oh, yeah. to like where we are now in technology. But Bond uses that line on the oil rig when he switches the tapes. Um, he switches the tapes. He's able to do it. And he puts one down Tiffany's bikini bottoms when he sees her. And I like he says, your problems are all behind you now. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she was after, right? Like, oh, right. you know, um, but then she ends up putting the tape back in, thinking that that's what he was doing. Like he like that. That was the fake tape that he gave her. And she she took it as like, oh, he wants me to put the tape in when I can. Right. She ends up sticking it back in and then telling him about it. Like, yeah, yeah, I did it. And she he's like, what? It was like a wah, wah, wah sort of scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you think Bond, you know, achieved it. You're like, oh, he was pretty slick. And then she ends up like reversing it. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, it's like we get this like, you know, great action scene. Um, and Blofeld is he's he's trying to uh well, Bond releases a balloon, which is a signal. A signal to the United States, yeah. Because they're on their way. It's like, oh, he's done. He's done his job. We got, we got uh, the U.S. trying to help him there, and Blofeld uh, is going to try to escape in his like little submarine. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Yeah, we get so we get the cool helicopter attack, like the, the troops coming in. Um, I do like that. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a little weird, just like Bond releasing this like balloon to signal them but okay whatever like did did he plant the balloon that came in with him or or was there just a random balloon there and he cut it like i I, that's the thing it's uh, who who knows but i I, that's the part i didn't understand that either yeah why we get we what are you gonna say rob i was like what whose balloon was that i don't know it was really it's kind of weird we we get the guy doing the countdown just like in austin powers like t-minus yeah 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 and he's just sitting there like giving the countdown i'm like oh my god this is totally right from awesome powers or like you know obviously i could see i had visions of mike myers watch just watching this film one night and being like all right this is it this is what we're gonna this is what we're going from he took this in moonraker and slammed them together moonrakers moonraker is a weird fucking film i really do like too that you mentioned blowfield when he he says something. I one of the guys is like, "Oh, we got to get out of here." And I think he kind of says like, "No, we're not. We're not leaving yet." But then picks up the phone immediately after, and he goes like, "Ready my my battle sub." And he says yeah. in like this nerdy voice, sort of like, "Ready my battle sub." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and yeah, he like he's getting in the sub for his. He, he's gonna get out of there. It would be so much cooler if he had like a shoot that just like shot him into the water. You know what I mean? Like dropped like tube. It'd be he's so a- much more like efficient. But yeah, so he's got to be craned in there. And Bond gets to knock out the crane operator, and then like gets to fucking play around with this dude for a minute. Swings Tip- him into the wall. That gun afterwards, and she's like trying to shoot at like all the other like uh, henchmen. She's like, ah, ah! Yeah, she shoots the gun and just falls right off. <laughs> falls into the fucking water. Good lord. Yeah, yeah and then um. Yeah, he tells her to jump at that moment, but she ends up falling anyway. So he's sort of just like, "Oh shit!" She, she, or you know, it yeah, just, it was by mistake. And uh, but then, yeah, it basically the movie shows us like Bond did it. He he smashes uh, Blofeld into the wall. We don't Job see Blofeld well die from that, right? No. Uh, but then we see the explosion as Bond gets out of there. Yeah, of the oil rig from the attack. Right. So we're led to believe that Blofeld is dead but you're he shows up again in other films right yeah yep he's not the same character that um donald pleasance played so there's because they have similar garb they have like the that same villain like jumper <laughs> i'm terrible with names so i'm really so donald was... pleasance was the bald one i thought he had a cat also yes it's yeah yeah same, it's the same blofeld but like it's just played by different actors yeah but also because right. he, he does reconstructive surgery it makes sense yeah. So, uh, Donald Pleasance was the first one. I think Telly Savalas in on Her Majesty's Secret Service was the second one. And now we have Charles Gray. I didn't know Savalas played him. I don't know. I, I I haven't seen on Her Majesty's Secret Service in a while. John, like, was he was he Blofeld in that film? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, at, at to this point, uh, Charles Gray was the third person to play Blofeld, but it's the same Blofeld. Okay. So he does like get out of this. And come back. Yeah. That's interesting. So he's a reoccurring Bond villain. That's interesting. I like that. Uh, and they never had him in the in the Craig ones, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. By Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Oh, he by- is. Okay, 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 okay. I I got confused. Yeah, yeah I by- haven't seen all of these films, so it's it's funny because uh, uh, when I talked with, I actually didn't know this. Just uh, real quick, uh, uh, G Baby had had mentioned it up, and I. Uh, I thought this was super interesting, but apparently the whole reason that they did um, the Quantum of Solace and they set up that whole uh, organization and those bad guys was because they didn't have the licensing rights to use Spectre and Blofeld and all these other and all these Mm -hmm. other characters and and uh, intellectual property. And then they were able and then and then they got access to it. So yeah. then now that's when from Skyfall on, they start plugging in. That's when you get Spectre and uh, Blofeld. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, that that's I just thought that was super interesting. But uh, credit credit to G-Baby on, on that. Yeah, I do remember him saying that, actually. And I did find that interesting because, uh, yeah, because it's like the the villains that they used in those Craig first two were obviously, you know, paying homage to sort of Spectre and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but they just weren't able to actually come out and say it. But uh, yeah, you know that that's pretty much the film, and then we oh, well, uh, we get the little end bit. Yeah, with uh, Tiffany and uh, Bond are on the on the yacht. Yeah, they're, they're on a crew. It's a cruise ship. Yeah, that shit's bigger than a yacht, bro. That's big, big. Yeah, yeah, that shit's oh, a cruise yeah. ship. Um, yeah, so they're on a cruise ship. They're saying goodbye to Felix and the CIA, or whatever, and um, and through the window we can see Mister Kid and Mister Went on the. Sh- they're on the ship. Those sneaky perverts. Yeah, those little fuckers. So, like a little motif. And it's like, yeah. oh, 
gonna go down. Uh, and then so like later on when we see Bond and Tiffany kind of relaxing in their room or off the balcony, uh, yeah, they they wheel in room service to Bond and Mrs. Case, and I'm totally thinking fucking Awesome Powers again here at the end of yeah. Awesome Powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's obviously a setup, but uh, so Bond like <laughs> I like the way that they're like, oh, here's your meal, blah blah, blah and they're setting it up, and Bond's kind of <laughs> questioning them a little bit about the wine. Yeah, yeah. And then he he just lights up Mr. Kid, though. It's a weird scene, though. Mr. Kid, like, lights up these shish kebabs and comes yep. at him with them as if he's in a horror movie. And, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to stab you with these. I don't know yeah. what the intent really is there. Right. I was waiting for him to throw him or something. That's like what that. I thought, too. I thought for sure he was just going to yeet that motherfucker right yeah, at him. Yeah, and we were going to see, like, a flaming, you know, kebab flying. And Bond, Bond was going to, like, grab it and throw it back at him and stab him right. with it or something. But it was weird. Like, dump then, the one. It's like, you know, exploded him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And there was a pretty cool, like, fire scene as far as a stunt goes because he gets engulfed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then flies off the the end. And then uh, Tiffany asks him how, how we're going to get the diamonds. Oh, no. Um, then he takes out, what's his name? Mr. Went with the bomb that was in Yeah, the and he, like, ties it between his legs and fucking t- tucks his yeah, hand like, flips his him. ass and flips him off. So they, they, there was a trampoline there at that scene. So they were able to, like, kind of, like, bounce him. In yeah, it looks oh, like that. Oh, it looked like he, he got gets. up for sure. Yeah, because you just. I'm like, how did Bond flip him like that? Man, that's some yeah. judo shit. That, was, that, that, that explains it. That was a trampoline that did that. That's yeah. hilarious. That <laughs> is hilarious. And the way he just kind of flips him, it's very comical. The way oh. he gets rid of the two last henchmen, you know what I mean? That have been plaguing like him and everybody From else the, the entire film. Yeah. And we see the sparkle of the satellite. It's like. I like dang. that. She's like, how are we going to get the. Yeah, how are we going to get the diamonds down? Yeah. And you see them looking at the uh, the laser floating in space, reflecting light. And then the theme comes back on. The diamonds yeah, are forever. Great Fucking great. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I, you know, to be honest, the questions I had, we, we kind of talked about, like, as far as, like, you know, what our favorite Bond films, you know, where, how we got to Bond. Uh, the first ones we've seen in the theater. Stuff like that. Um. Yeah, man, this is, this is a fun film. Uh. You know, as far as, like, it's, not the best Bond film, but it's still fun. That's the whole yeah. point. To be honest, that's the whole point. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, John, you wanna you wanna hit us up with your uh, your take on it, your review? Yeah, sure. This was my pick. Um, you know, we've kind of we've really talked this one in, into the ground, so you you guys know how I feel. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite Bonds. Uh, I love it. I think it it's uh, like I said, it rides that line of like cheesiness and action movie really well. Uh, Sean Connery coming back. Right. Like last hoorah. Like it just it it, it checks a lot of boxes. Um, absolutely love the uh, negative. You know, I, I, I get that for some people. It's you know, there's some pieces here and there that just seem a little too cheesy or you know things unexplained i've talked about it multiple times on this podcast and others i for me if a film it doesn't take much for me to to think a film is is good you know if it pulls me out of what of what i'm dealing with and uh i'm able to escape life for a couple of hours and have some laughs along the way then, and it, it does that for me so for me uh if you guys uh if this is your first time listening our our ranking system uh from worst to best, we got uh, never ever watch this shit at the bottom. Watch the trailer, rent it, buy it, and instant classic. Um, for me, I think it'd be absolutely 
ridiculous to call this an instant classic. But for for me, this this is a buy it because I I love it. It's one of my favorite favorite bonds. Like I said, uh, Final Connery one. So you you should own it. You should own it because you should watch it multiple times. Is this like one of your your top five Bond films? Yeah, for me, this is this is uh, excluding Daniel Craig. This is this is my favorite Bond film. Really? Oh wow, that's for me. That's awesome, man. All right, yeah, I love I love this one. This one this one does it all. The great theme. It's just it's it's one of my favorite. Okay, all right. What about you, Rob? Where'd you land on this? Why don't you give us your? Uh... I um like I said, yeah. It it is this movie a little silly. Are there things that are a little bit like hard to follow at times? They don't necessarily quite match up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but like you said, it, it's it's the last Sean. It's the last Sean Connery Bond film, which because mm-hmm. I I am a like you, I'm a Sean Connery guy. That is my Bond. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I now Daniel Craig really like did a great job. Pierce Brosnan did a great job. I I'm not like you. I don't hate Roger Moore because I I there are films of his I do like his films. Sure, yeah. Like, but I'm getting some. You know, each each Bond is bringing something different to the franchise, and they're doing their own. And obviously, you know, then you have like kind of like the more like the one offs, like your your Lazenby and your Timothy Dalton's, and they bring some. But uh, when it comes to Connery, like I said, I'm a Doctor No guy. Like if yeah. if I if I'm watch if I was gonna watch a Connery one. I'm going to Dr. No more, more often than not. Sure. And, but like, this one is fun. And this is, like I said, this is his swan song with, with the franchise. It's, um, I wouldn't say that it's the, it's not my favorite one of the, the Connery. It's not my favorite Bond film, but it's a good one. And it's fun. I had a great time. Yeah. I rent it slash buy it because I, I, there's not really a Bond film. I don't like outside of maybe, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, all the rest of the ones, I I kind of just like I enjoy them. They're not all good, but like this is this is fun, and I did enjoy this, and especially as I was researching it and seeing all the struggles they had to go through, as well as some of like you know the, some of the potential casting choices that they had to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is definitely a, uh, a rented slash buy it. Awesome, dude! Fuck yeah, nice. I love to hear that. I, I've, I'm trying to operate at a at a wonderful passing clip, and I, I think I think so far my my films have been doing pretty good. Doing a great job with your picks, Big Bird. What do you got to say, Big Pimpin? Huh? All right, John, hold on, hold on to your butt. All right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, um, some I like the intrigue around the diamonds and all the players interested in in, in them, like you know, uh, the diamonds moving hands and all these different people. The uh, you know, the the couple, Mr. Kent and Mr. Went and um, Mr. Kid, very interesting. I think Tiffany Case is a great character addition to yeah. uh, the Bond love interests. I think she's very like formidable, but also kind of innocent too. Like she's definitely in over her, her head, but um, but and she's I, time, huh? But she's smart in her own way. Oh, absolutely. I think she's just in like the the level of like danger and involved in this right now is a little bit too much for her. You know what I mean? She didn't realize how far, like, she didn't know the diamonds were going to be used for a fucking laser beam to destroy nukes. Like, <laughs> like it just didn't right. dawn on her. I get it. Like, uh, but I liked her a lot. Uh, I thought Connery, he's a good Bond. He's one of the best Bonds, um, if not the best Bond. I do enjoy seeing him do his thing in this movie. Um, I do think there's some moments where his character is like a little bit off, although uh, as a Bond, like I've seen him in other films and this one felt a little different. 
the way yeah. his character was. Maybe because it's based around this being like the last one, like you were saying, or whatever. Like there just might be something there um, that it, in his performance because of that. Because I just he feels he always felt a little bit more suave in a lot of the other films I remember seeing him in. Um, and then when this one, he's a little bit more rough. Yeah. And he's like his dialogue's a little bit like, you know, like crude too. what he's talking about, you know, in a, in a more elegant way about like, hey, does you is your bush the same color as your fucking yeah. hair? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. I think there's a fine line you can run with Bond being sort of like a little bit, you know, a debonair and like a woman's uh, ladies man sort of thing, a womanizer. But without it being too crude or like with this film, I just felt there were moments where I was just like, ah, it's a little degrading um, sure. in, in some ways. Uh, but also there's like some fun action set pieces. I really liked the car chase scene was dope with the Mustang. The oil rig fight was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I did, I did think that there was a good amount of chunky like storytelling here about like what was going on with these diamonds and this whole operation. And there were some twists and turns too, that I thought were, were pretty, pretty well earned, uh, mostly, um, you know, with Blowfield. I wasn't trusting that dude from the get. Right. You know what I mean? And I already know, like, I haven't seen this film, but I know, like, how Bond films are kind of set up. Right? You get it. Uh, yeah, it's, I just, the convoluted plot, though, brought me down a little bit. There's some moments where it's just a little bloated. Uh, there's some pacing issues where it's just, it runs a little slow in some moments where it could have been tighter, like, script-wise, I think. They could have tightened okay. it up. Um, and there are things that make me laugh that I think are funny in this film. Uh, and they're, they're funny... But they also lend a little bit to that zany nature that some of these films have that, um, you know, are parodied in films like Austin Powers. And to be honest, I, I like my Bond a little bit more serious uh, than this. Um, sure. I think this does, it does ride that line a little bit, like you guys said. But I think for me, it still dips a little bit further onto the other side, the, the comical side, more than I want from... say that you're more of a Craig guy then, uh, Bert? I mean, I do... The Craig... Films definitely resonate with me as far as like a modern, you know, film watcher. I, mean, I feel like, like you got to part them out. Like for me, the Craig yeah. films, like those are, those are obviously so much better than everything prior. Yeah, it's just like when when Nolan did, you know, uh, Batman. It was like, yeah. all right, this is what Nolan's take on Batman is. Like, I get it. Yeah, no, right, totally. Right. I'm just saying, and but also some of the other films that Connery was in, were in were played more serious as well. Totally, absolutely. Uh, this one just felt a little bit more like uh, maybe if if not for the Austin Powers like comparison, maybe if I didn't have that. But there were uh, so many callbacks to that movie in this in this movie that I was just right. like, oh shit! Like I don't know. Uh, it's this movie's two hours. I feel like pacing wise, like they, if it was just a little bit tighter, could have been either filled those two hours a little bit better. Um, like I wouldn't have really needed even like the the O'Toole character. Like we could have done something else with that time. Um, uh, uh, also, this is just a minor gripe, but like this is a Bond movie, yet they call him Peter for like a really long time. Like sure. he's really undercover in that, you know, using that identity for a while in this film. He's deep in it, dude. I was really surprised how long they ran with that Peter thing because normally he'll do something like this and then he gets inside somewhere and it's done. He's back to Bond, you know what I mean? But Right, right. Uh, or sometimes he doesn't even bother pretending to be somebody. He's just like, no, nah, I'm just James Bond, you know? Bond, James Bond. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was like a little annoying after that. I'm like, all right, he's Bond. But, yeah, they play on it for a while. Um. And like I mentioned, just there's some behavior towards women in this that I think is questionable, even in like 71. But, um, you know, here in like the land of the spies, it's sort of like behavior that's warranted because you don't necessarily like, I don't know, 
everybody could be threat or stuff like that. So, you know, obviously him getting a little physical with the, the woman to get her to talk is like, well, if it was a man, he'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Pipe down those ladies. Get that in. Yeah, I guess. But then you also have that that Connery literally might have been the kind of guy that shook and smacked the woman around. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> didn't mind punching a lady once in a while. You know what I mean? Like he seems like that maybe. So, uh, but you know, with all that said, uh, hmm, this is a good conversation. I enjoyed it. Uh, the movie was entertaining. I'm going to give diamonds are forever. I'm going to give it a watch the trailer slash rent it. I think that's where I'm laying you know, right. for me. as far as bond films go. I don't, I don't think this is one of my higher ones in my sure, opinion. Sure. But I don't have any nostalgia around it. Either. Right, right. Okay, okay. I've seen a good bit of Bond, but also I haven't seen all of it. There's still a ton of just... Dude, low- they're so good. They're really, yeah. they're really like, even as much as I shit on Roger Moore and all those shitty ones, they're, they're still fun. not a bad watch. Yeah, I, I mean, if you going, especially now, you, you, I think they do this like once a year, like Amazon will put out all the films for free and you go through the entire, you know, Bond filmography and it, it really it, it it's a, it's a it's a slog, but you go through all of them, and it's like you really see the transition from like each each actor brings something different to it, and you you definitely see yeah, there's some like you know things of that time that get brought into it, and it's just it's this constant cycle. That's yeah. what's cool about it. Yeah, it's like because it's like a time capsule from that generation, that era uh, that it's in, and you like certain. Um, you get like obviously there's certain tropes like there's gonna you're gonna have M you're gonna have Money Penny you're gonna have Q you're gonna right. have you know dicking down the ladies but overall <laughs> it's kind of like they everyone brings their own light their own way to that that character and it's a fun ride man like and I I I would say yeah Connery is my Bond mm-hmm. but I like I pretty much like all the Bonds that are there because they they do something different. This might be one of my favorite franchises of all time. It's, I, I would argue that there's really not a terrible Bond film. There, there's ones that are better than others, mm-hmm. but there's not really a bad Bond film. Yeah, they're all entertaining in their own way. Some are just I, better than us, or better it, stories. We've we've said a lot about you know talked George Lazenby, uh, but he he might have one of the fanciest uh, shoot down the barrel. Of all the bonds, you know, yep. they all have that gimmick where they they do the walk and it's you you uh-huh. get the eyesight through the barrel, right? And then he turns and shoots the barrel. Uh, George Lazenby's is pretty saucy, dog. He does a little roll, like dr- drops down to one knee, comes up, gives it a shot. And I would say, go ahead and watch that. It now that one is my least favorite, but I there's people that do love the Lazenby. The the uh, they love their George Lazenby. Like you know? said, it's not bad. It's not. It's not. There's not a bad bond. It's it's. If Simpsons fan, Marge Simpson loves George Lazenby. That's her favorite Bond. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think we've I think we've been bonded out. We bonded tonight. I'd have we to the bond. <laughs> um, what are we watching next week? What are we What are we covering? Well, I got I got a gift for you guys. Well, we're we're going back to 1971. We're going to continue along that train. Uh huh. We are not watching a foreign film, guys. We're watching oh, them. American. Is it in color? It's in color too. It's great. All right. So we're going to 1971 with uh, uh, Don Siegel directing Dirty Harry starring Clint Eastwood. Oh, nice. 
uh, I am a cantankerous son of a bitch, and I love Dirty Harry. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about Dirty Harry. Hell yeah! Nice. If you're uh, obviously if you're a fan of the show, you know that my intro is from Dirty Harry. You feeling lucky, punk? That's pretty good. I might have uh, you intro the the episode next week. There you That's, go. I'm gonna attempt it. Can you do the entire episode in your your best Clint voice? You have to. If not, you're not a real nerd, dude. I don't know if yeah, I could do. Higher episode, but I'll do. I'll do. Uh, I'll did do you a know? Bit. Did you know that in trivia that uh, when this movie was made, did you know <laughs> that they used a camera that was only used twice in three films? Did you know that? Well, <laughs> did you? Well, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I might not do that, but yeah. I, I there are going to be iterations where I try to do my Clint Eastwood voice. All right, I'm looking forward to it. So where where can people reach us? Because obviously we do other projects. John, you're the host. You do stuff outside of this uh, movie podcast, The Cinemigos. What are you doing, buddy? <clears throat> what I do is uh, I play old-ass video games, preferably the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, known as NES. Uh, I play through these old games. I do it on twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught spelled o-n-s-l-o-t uh come on by we just wrapped up gun knack last uh last stream and we will be moving hey, on to uh barbie oh, uh, barbie yeah. on the nes it's actually not a terrible game uh make sure you come by the stream check it out we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll give you guys a breakdown of it uh, talk to you guys about it it's re- it's really not that terrible um i watched some of your stream when you started it yeah nice the controls on that game suck, but on Barbie, yeah, controls are a little rough. It looks rough. Uh, Bird, what about you, bud? Oh, uh, me. If you wanted to listen to me on another podcast, I have a horror review podcast called the Cut Above Horror Review. Uh, it's me, John, and Jacqueline. The three of us uh, swap movies each week, um, covering all types of horror. And uh, we're on Instagram at a Cut Above One Word dot Horror underscore Review. And on Twitter at Cut Above Horror, and you can find us on all the pod launchers. Oh, we're also on Facebook at uh, Cut Above Horror Review. Jesus, that sounds terrifying, Bert. Yeah, it's spooky. We just covered uh, Night of the Living Dead from 1961, George Romero's, mm. and it was it was a great episode. Uh, so look for it. And we're doing all uh, most of Romero's uh, zombie films uh, this entire month of October. Sheesh. Even though this episode won't air in October of cinema. Goes, yeah, but. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, Rob, the cinematic archaeologist. What about you, buddy? Well, me and my fellow cinematic archaeologist, Andy, we have a podcast that's up on YouTube called Circle of Jerks Podcast. We talk all things. We, we have a lot of like esoteric ideas and we will we'll go through like some like thought exercises and kind of just talk things out. We'll talk the news if we feel like there's something that uh, kind of interests us. We also do a lot of movies on our channel, too. Uh, but we we don't we're not limited to one genre. We'll we'll do whatever the hell we want to do. Except uh, he only does 1942 movies that are in black and white and well, Japanese mm-hmm. as as of this recording, we are in the middle of Schlocktober 2, Andy's Revenge. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo, yeah. He, he is forcing me to watch SNL alumni films, which are all dog shit. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad. These, these movies are bad. And uh, 
we uh, probably by the time that this this airs, we'll have had our Peeping Tom episode out with uh, uh, Heidelberg's uh, co-host, John, on to talk about that. That's kind of the grandfather of the slasher film. And uh, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at PodcastCOJ. On Twitter, we are Circle of Jerks Podcast. And if you want to talk to me personally, I'm always talking about films, games, uh, things that interest me. On His wiener. It's pronounced God's cock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh, Heidelberg, if people are fans of the Cinemigos, where can they reach? Uh, I hope they're fans, Rob. Uh, they could reach us on Instagram at Cinemigos, one word, underscore podcast. And on X slash Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. We are at Trace Amigos, T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. Very nice. Well, one of us smells like a tart handkerchief. I'm afraid it's me. Sorry, old boy. Where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges.